my name is Raf. I am playing Grinna, a barbarian human, uh, running from his past as an ex-soldier, now turned mercenary. Hey everyone, I'm, I'm Jared. I, um, I'm playing the character of Luther. Uh, he's a Dampier. Uh, he is a fighter that specializes in firearms, a bit of an investigator, and I am the great, great, great uncle of uh, Grinna. Hi, I'm Jacob. I'm playing Tithla, the Goblin Ranger. Uh, she is a wonderful hunter and medical genius. Hi, I'm Haz. I'm playing uh, Theodore Ursar, the satyr druid, who's a kind of a, a charismatic druid who's unwillingly taken Tifla un under his under his wing as she's followed him through the, the forest for the past few months. G'day, I'm Tom. I'm playing Jonal, the Asimir wizard. Um, he is on the pursuit of good and evil, uh, finding out the best and worst in this world, and he's doing that with a little bit of naivety and optimism. And I'm Owen, the Dungeon Master of our Curse of Stride campaign. Hello! Hello, hello everybody, and welcome back to the Lost Archives. We're playing Curse of Strahd, the premier Dungeons & Dragons horror campaign set in Barovia. Is it, is it really set in Barovia? Not yet, it's not, but it is soon. Um, thank you everybody who is joining us live tonight, and for those of you who are listening recorded, thank you so, so much. We really appreci appreciate you sticking along up to episode six now. We're really, really stoked that you've come along for the journey. We hope you've been enjoying it. Um, remember, if you're watching us live, you can uh, spend channel points to give characters and me uh, and the monsters advantage or disadvantage. You can also spend some channel points to summon monsters as well, uh, and also create some non-player characters, which will kind of appear as part of the stream. So remember, if you're watching us live, there are some benefits. If you're watching recorded or uh, so on YouTube or on the podcast, however, you, you're not missing out. Comment below with um, your favorite moment with a cool character concept, but even better, comment below with a, a story from a RPG or a D&D, Pathfinder, Edge of the Empire, comment below with a story that we can share on the stream so that we can, we can help sort of build a bit of a, a bit of a community and build some fun tales because everyone has a really cool fun D&D story and most people have a number. We have a fun D&D story, don't we, Has? It's a super recent one as well. Yes, quite we, recent. Very recent indeed. With actually within the last twenty-four hours, we have a D&D story. So we participated in a, a Christmas special one-shot fairly recently, uh, DM'd by. How would you describe our DM as? Dashingly handsome. Handsomely dashing. Uh, yeah. It's Thomas. Maybe. He's here yeah, right Thomas. now. <laughs> Thomas did a Christmas one-shot. Everyone. <laughs> We're not lying. Um, Thomas did a Christmas one-shot. Last year was the Grinch. This year, and we never know while we're playing. We don't know what the one-shot is. And I think part of the part of the fun is guessing what the what the the story is and what the um, what the homage is. Uh, we we guessed it last night uh, right as we were entering a very spooky house, which was supposed to be Santa's workshop, but for some reason the stairs seemed to be glistening with lots of super slippery soap. The door handle was burning red hot and there were nails all over the landing. And we thought to ourselves, hmm, where have I seen this before? I, I feel like Macaulay Culkin set up some sort of house of tricks. And sure enough, it was Santa Cross Home Alone. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> we ended up killing Merv and incapacitating the other guy whose name I can't remember. Um, they took they took the kid, <laughs> Kevin, hostage. 
and we uh, we got out of that situation by polymorphing the kid into a uh, a Bayornling, <laughs> the <laughs> creature that we have as part of the stream to just sort of because they were threatening to kill him, so we're like, oh fuck that polymorph. There we go, problem solved. <laughs> Kid's got now like sixty HP. He'll be fine. Um, and uh, and Paul has got poisoned. Your your lovely rogue. What was your name, Reginald Rigatoni? R- Reginald Rigatoni. <laughs> This uh, this Italian gangster um, shackled to a, to an elf cleric, elf twilight cleric. Um, yeah, unfortunately, you got poisoned, which is a rogue. Would you like to describe that experience for us in three words or less? Couldn't sneak attack. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I was sort of asking. I was sort of looking for an emotional connection, but that, I mean, absolutely no. outright. <laughs> I mean, <it's laughs> frustrating. Really <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> when you get disadvantage on everything, uh, and the sneak attack wording says you can do this, 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 and this, so long as you don't have disadvantage, really falls down. Yeah, yeah I looked at just the random decision of like, yep, get poisoned, the spider's done it. I was like, I'll oh, just commit to the decision. And then it, it just was not fun. Mm. It's like, okay, this was a bad choice. I, I want to put that out there. I want to put that out there. I was having lots of fun watching Has continually be like, fuck, I don't, I don't do anything. I just, I, okay, I don't do anything. I still hit even with disadvantage mo- yeah. more, more times than not, so I wasn't too mad. The, actually, the dice were pretty, pretty generous, pretty I thought. I don't think we had any. Yeah. Oh, we did have one or two natural ones, didn't we? But otherwise, pretty, pretty generous rolls. Nothing on anything significant. No. Mm. I think I rolled like a nat 20 when I tried to throw psychic blades at a wall only to realize walls don't have brains. Walls don't have brains and can't take psychic damage. (laughs) I was enjoying that. (laughs) That fell down. That was was great fun. No, that was really, really good. Um, But yeah, that's our, that's our, that's our D&D, our RPG story for, uh, for this is the, the hilarious Christmas one shot. If you guys are hosting or playing in a Christmas themed D&D story, tell us about it. I'm, I've always sort of wanted to do a Christmas special, but I've, I've never felt confident enough to do one. I, I, I feel like... I think I do really well with a serious emotional and a little bit of fun. And I, I think I would struggle to do a very lighthearted, in essence, I, I don't, like I've not had any practice with that. I don't know if my strengths lie there. So I've, I've not had the confidence to do one, but I keep promising I will do one. I, I managed Is that because you're not fun? Yes. Yes, I've done, yeah. I managed to bleed one into a Vampire the Masquerade campaign, so. You're gonna have to tell me about that sometime because that's. I, I think amazing. I already did on on um, the Avatar stream back in back in the day or when I, when I played oh, on that. Oh, you did too. I I knew that sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the only one I came up because I was thinking after Thomas's yesterday, I was like, oh, I, that was really fun. Like, I I really should try and do a Christmas one shot one time because that that was so much fun. And the only thing I come up with was like um. Like Santa Claus, like taking the name back and having it be like a misdemeanor, and actually it's Satan's claws, like C L A U S E. It's like a deal with the devil, and it's all uh, all like um, infernal based. And I was like, you really had to ruin Christmas again. You can't just have fun, can you? Yeah. Then I realized go around and murder some elves. (laughs) And then I and then I sat back. I was like, oh yeah, that's not lighthearted at all. (laughs) So it just typified my problem and why I can't run Christmas themed one shots just yet. So I'll work on it. And um, I did have a suggestion for me to do an Easter themed one shot. I've got no idea what that would look like, but I'll I'll. Think about it, all right. Stick with maybe a Halloween themed one shot. This that's what this is. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's just going on it's for a very long one. time. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh all right, well, I will do a quick recap. I don't think there was anything else I had to announce. Um oh Pokemon, thank you. Thank you everybody who's checking out Pokemon. New episodes daily on YouTube. Um, I'll be streaming it on Saturday mornings, but yeah, you can watch a new episode every single day this week, including the weekends coming out. Um, and there will be every like new episodes every single day until i completely finish the game so um stay tuned for that if you if you're enjoying it i have done voice acting for every single one of the characters in pokemon because it is 2022 and a triple a game released without voice acting or proper sound or proper graphics 
uh, makes me cry. So I can't do anything about the graphics. A title. It had a triple A price tag and title. It, yeah. it was not Yeah. I can't do anything about the animation, uh, but I can do something about the voice <laughs> acting. So I've done my best to give the characters consistent voices the whole way through. Um, <laughs> they were all determined uh, on the spot in the moment, which is why some of the girls sound like boys and some of the boys sound like girls. I can't. I, 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 what, game Freak what's your Arvin voice? Arvin? Yeah. Um, Oh, I went with Scottish for Arvin. I, I sort of had this idea that he was a bit of a light Scottish accent. I don't know why, though. I've got no evidence you, for that at all. You sure it's not like, wah, I suck, wah. <laughs> I, I connected with Arvin because of his sick doggo. So yeah. I thank you. I thank you, cat lover, <laughs> to stay yeah. out of the way. Arvin is a loser. <laughs> he went from Shit, most hated to most sucks. loved in like one one like yeah. titan raid for me. Yeah, it was literally the doggo. And then when I found out it was all for a doggo, I'm like, do you know what? He's he's earned a lot of he's earned a lot of slack in my books. <laughs> That's that was enough for me to turn around. So yeah, no, I, I think my most hilarious voice. No, because look, game freaks sometimes make Pokemon characters ambiguous, and I have to commit to a voice in the moment. And I'm I'm sorry if I fucked up one of them. There's one in particular that's really bad. I'm really sorry. You have to watch it to find out which Grusha? one you laugh at me. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> not saying anything. <laughs> but if you want to find out, you'll have to check it out. <laughs> so. Um, go and check out the Pokemon if, you, if you're enjoying Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. We're doing raids on Saturday. We did not do the Charizard raid this Saturday. We absolutely failed. So we will try again next Saturday. No, wait, no we uh, didn't fail. Well, we couldn't find one. So that's Yeah, we like couldn't get to it. We couldn't, couldn't start it. So we didn't fail. Uh, okay. Well, we didn't start it. So therefore, we, we... No, so technically, we've just postponed it until next Charizard raid comes out in a couple of weeks. You can't fail if you never try. That's true. That's my motto. <laughs> that's it. That's exactly right. Um, I'm pretty sure it's also you can't try... Wait, no, you, never mind. I'm not going to, I've failed that. I'm going to cut this bit because uh, <laughs> I never make mistakes. <laughs> exactly. I never make mistakes. Cut this bit. Uh, all right. Let me do a recap for our Curse of Dry campaign and we will jump straight back into it. The Tempest Adventuring Guild, a name now legendary across the lands of Nostea, has just recruited some new members for a specialized team. Jonor the Wizard, Teethlo the Ranger, Luther the Fighter, Grinner the Barbarian, and Theodore the Druid have all signed on with the guild to investigate a puzzling mystery. The long-ruined town of Dowbridge is the site of several disappearances, including two full adventuring parties. After arriving in the ruined town, the group tracked the missing adventurers into a mysterious manner which appeared out of the mists like magic. Once inside, however, our heroes have found themselves trapped. After exploring the lower floors and finding evidence of the missing adventurers, the team headed upstairs and soon found themselves experiencing more and more haunting and creepy signs. Locating the ghosts of some of the previous inhabitants of the manor, the nursemaid Margaret and the two Durst children Rose and Thorn, the party have taken their bodies down into the basement and laid them to rest. Exploring the basement, the group found a number of dangerous foes, including a carrion crawler and some reanimated human skin. Following the sounds of chanting deeper and deeper under the manor, Luther and Grinner discovered an altar adorned with animal parts as an offering and a large crystal focus. Feeling uneasy, Grinner decided to smash the altar, releasing two shadowy entities which began taking the organs out of the players. Well, spiritual manifestations of the organs anyway. After a tense battle, the group were victorious, the crystal mana, oh, sorry, the crystal focus shattered, and the group continued following the chanting down into a large ritual chamber below the manor. In the center of the chamber floated a ghastly apparition of a woman, the female leader of the manor, the female matriarch, Elizabeth Durst. After a brief conversation, things turned violent as Grinner suddenly attacked her, resulting in Elizabeth revealing her true nature as a banshee. Noticing how the 13 pillars supporting the room seemed to somehow be connected to the ritual dais, 
Jonor began targeting the runes, resulting in the magic briefly dissipating and the ritual starting to become unstable. This seemed to appease the spirit briefly, not soon enough to prevent her knocking Grinna to zero hit points, however. We left off last session with the party on the brink. We start jumping straight back in at the top of the initiative round, Jonor. I'm going to describe the room again just to get you back into the, the yeah, headspace sure. of, the, of yeah. the area. Um, you are in a large open stone chamber, uh, 40 feet by 40 feet wide with a five foot square stone balcony running around the outside of the ritual chamber. The inside, which is lower down, is filled with water and now covered by a layer of thick mist pouring out of the octagonal ritual dais standing in the very centre of the room. An altar stands on the far eastern section of this dais. Hovering above it is the ghost of Elizabeth. On it, the unconscious body of Grinner. Uh, Theodore, Jonor, both of you are standing on the dais, Theodore having just attacked the uh, altar, revealing an internal components of wire, metal, and strange spring-like contraptions, all marked with runes in a language none of you speak. Titha is down at the far southern wall near a breach and a small cave-in uh, along the upper section of the balcony, and Luther is standing right near the secret door to the prison cells that they open to arrive in this chamber. Jonor, I pass over to you. It is your turn. What would you like to do? This mist that is dropping out of the uh, this centre pillar we're standing on, um, how deep is it getting? Is it like washing over the top of Grinner? Like, is he submerged in it, or is it just sort of like leaking down like water? So Grinner was partly submerged in it. However, you actually picked up and moved his body away from the edge of the dais. And so now Grinner's position is on the top of the dais. The mist is just coming up that first step. There are three steps up the dais, each one about a two-foot two-foot jump sure. the mist is sort of covering the first lower step the water the surface of the water is now you, you can't see it the mist is covering it completely moving and writhing as if shapes are moving underneath through the water but the water is now no longer visible through the thick layer of mist and you can see that more of this mist is pouring out of the dais constantly uh, it, it is not abating at all okay um, so he's, I think the last thing he did was grabbing Grinner, pulling him up and just sort of checking on him. And he, he looks okay. Um, Jonah's in a really bad state. Um, he looks up at uh, Theodore and Elizabeth. Oh, I'm really not in a good place here. Not in a good state or a good place. Uh, he looks sort of like sheepishly to Elizabeth. You, uh, you're not going to do anything to me, right? I'm, uh, I really wouldn't like that at all. Elizabeth turns towards you, Jonor, looking down, her form now changing back from that ghostly pale apparition that she took on when Grinna attacked her, now turning back into a much more um, uh, resembling a flesh and blood creature, her hair dropping back down around her shoulders, still still white, still pale and translucent, but her skin taking on a much more skin-like tone, eyes no longer haunted by this dark section underneath and ringed with red now turning back into a much more humanoid appearance or a human-like appearance still a ghost and still floating however as she looks down at you Jonor, she goes oh my child why ever would i hurt you you have helped to disrupt the ritual if you can break this curse you will only have my gratitude as she looks down at you more cares as long as you don't do anything to me. That's um, that's that's uh, that'd be great. 
Um, he then sort of raises up from his knees, stands up beside Theodore, and um, ha- wants to have a look at this, um, the like altar that's being smacked. Yeah, Jonor, can you make me an Arcana investigation or perception check? Your choice, depending on which one you choose to roll, I'll give you information relevant to each one. Arcana is on. 17 Arcana. Jonor, this is some really, really complicated magic that you're looking at. At first, you think this is a really heavily modified teleportation circle but as you look at it more closely you realize it's it's a lot more than that some of the runes even though they are in giant and you don't speak giants you recognize some of them as being similar to runes that you use in arcane uh, rituals given that the the giants the original inhabitants of nostea their runic magic is kind of the the basis of which the arcanic magic is based off of like the, the some of the runes are a little bit similar having being based off of the giant runes this this contraption whatever it is is a lot of different magics combined together and not done by anyone who knows what they're doing the first thing you realize looking over this this was done by an amateur someone who did not understand what they were doing and it's been pulled apart and put together again really haphazardly as if trial and error has been accrued here you recognize the very top of the ritual uh, altar is designed to collect energy. You suspect by the looks of it and, and by examining it that this is energy coming from the separation of the soul from the body, the death of someone, the sacrificing of someone. That energy, all the potential life they could have had is then pulled down through and powers each of these runes around the outer section, creating a field within an effect is supposed to take form. However, the effect that should be there has actually been broken off this section of giant this section of giant uh, artificing, and another section has been put on. These runes are not giant. You recognize these immediately. This is standard elven human arcanic runes. It's a very strange transmutation designed to imbue somebody or someone with the life stolen from the person who was sacrificed. But it's not got a target specified, which is a real magic no-no. <laughs> like Anything left unspecified, that could go anywhere to anyone at any time. This ritual, whoever set this up, did not know what they were doing. Immediately stands out For to sure. Also, inside one of the uh, domes of copper and brass, uh, the now that they've been split open and damaged and you begin doing this arcana check looking over it you see inside one of these domes is the tiny skeletal remains of what looks to be Aww. most likely a baby Aww. okay so he's gonna <clears throat> take a second with that uh, guys I think he's sort of he's leaning on the um on the altar he's trying to like brace himself he stands up black um haphazardly uh, guys I think the this thing is powered by the, um, the 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 lost baby. The the separation of body and soul seems to be powering this, and everything here is powered by that. So, a way of solving this could be to maybe uh, rejoin the baby and and the body, the soul and the baby. You know, we did something similar with uh, with uh, the children and earlier. Um, he turns to Theodore. Okay? Can you can you have a look at this um this child in here? Can you can you see this like push anything away to um like get all the remains there? 
Um, yeah, I, would it be anything there? As as you lift up the the section of dome that's been cracked, this um, it, it's almost like an upturned bowl made of, of brass and copper. As you lift it up and look, yeah, the the bones are sort of a little bit mummified and, and partially held together by connective tissue that has turned sort of leathery and and shrunken around, holding everything in place. As you do this, Elizabeth turns towards you, Jonor. I I don't think that will help. Child is already dead. Its energy's already taken. The only way to disrupt the ritual is to break the altar or disrupt the runes. Please, you must use your, your time wisely here. She stands and starts talking to you, Journal. Well, well, this has been going on for quite a while, the wise time of the essence right now. You've started to disrupt the ritual if you, if you don't finish it. All of you will die here when it resets. Oh, oh okay. Um, he's going to, the first thing he does is to push the, the body around of the, of this, like pick up the remains of the yep. child. That's, that's what he's doing. Yep. Okay. Uh, um, anything else in your turn, John? I'd say given everything you've done, that's probably yep. been more of an action. Did you want to do a bonus action yep. as well? Yeah. No, that was, that's it. That's cool. It. All right. Brilliant. Luther. I pass over to you. Now, Jared is here. I should have said for podcast listeners, um, Jared is here. YouTubers, you won't see his face, but he is here. He's been a bit sick. He's just going on the mic today. <clears throat> yeah, just on the mic, just in bed. Um, <clears throat> He's just tucked in. Sorry. Sweet dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to do an insight check on what you just said real quick. Yeah, about, go for it. Um, if, it like, if time is all the essence and we've sort of triggered the <clears throat> thing. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. 18. 18. Luther, you get the sense that she's not outright lying, but she is she is withholding some of the truth. And part of what she said, when, when she said that when the room resets, you will die. I mean, you've, you've been upstairs in the rooms. You know that the rooms generally don't reset until you leave them. Like your experience has been that things persist until you leave the room and then and then when you come back in you notice that things have often reset so that part doesn't ring a hundred percent true to you but you so you get the sense maybe there's an, another motivation for wanting this to be quick but you're not sure what <clears throat> um elizabeth i don't um completely think that the room's gonna reset our experience has been a bit different have you got you're not telling us everything, are you, uh, darling? I'm telling you everything that you need to know to break this curse. Hmm. Okay. I'll leave it for now. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to use my crossbow. I'm going to point it at Elizabeth. Um, not point it at Elizabeth, but like I'm going to hold my main action... Um, if she does anything aggressive, I'll shoot her. And if not, and we start leaning towards like the runes, and I'll shoot one of the runes. Alrighty. Elizabeth. Rune is down. You guys aren't taking any hostile action. Elizabeth points towards the rune towards the north that Jonor had already partially damaged. You can see that it is still crackling with energy and, and partially disrupted. Please. Focus your energies here on this rune that you have already disrupted, and then you can turn your attention to the others. And that's all she does on her turn. Grinner, you don't need to make me a death saving throw. You are stabilized. Uh, you are unconscious. 
Yep. So I we will just we will, stay where I am. We will move on to the next person. Uh, I'm not going to take you out of initiative order because there will be a point where you wake up. I will let you know when that is. Depends how long this goes on for. Um, Theodore. So we were in that room that had all those weird little objects before. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and Grinor nicked one. Is that still with him? Yeah, Grinor still has it. Um, can I try and smash that and see what happens? So, Grinner had it in his I... hand. He dropped it when he was unconscious. I'd say it's just on the floor near Jonor's feet. Because as Jonor has pulled Grinner back out of the out of the water and out of the mist, it's probably been kicked aside a little bit. I'd say it's probably just at your feet. Yeah, you just make an attack and smash down. Do you want to roll me an attack roll? Um, not to see if you hit because it's a stationary small object and you've got massive bear claws. You want damage? Hit. I'd love to know the damage. But yeah, roll, roll me the d20 as well. Because if it's a natural one, something spicy might happen. And it is a natural one. <laughs> so, Kick it away. As you smash down on this thing... Did that guy want to give me inspiration by any chance? He's not in the chat, so it doesn't Damn look you likely. <laughs> as your foot smashes down, you just kind of judge the angle wrong. And instead of cracking it, your paw hits it and knocks it. And you watch as it tumbles towards the altar and bounces off the side with this dink, dink, into the water. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I did it. I heard it that time. Um, bonus you. action is a is a heavy. Oh, that, <laughs> would that be my full action? Uh, I because you've got multi attack, so you've used one attack, so you've still got another attack. You don't have to do them sequentially. You can always move an attack yeah. and. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'm going to assume it's gone. It's gone in the water. Um, I'd like to head over to here and open up the, the portcullis. Okay, as you head on over. Um, you jump into the water, and as you drop into the water, the mist now covers your head completely. It's a little bit hard to navigate. As you begin looking around and swimming, you kind of take a wrong turn, bump into the pillar rising from the water before finding yourself back at the edge of the portcullis. Um, in front of you, you can see a large wooden wheel. Uh, it looks to be very old and very aged. Could you roll me a D100 as you try to put your bear paws on this and turn it using your strength? want to see how rotted it is 17 as you place your weight against this you hear a groaning and an ominous creak followed by a as the section of water wheel that you're trying to turn cracks and breaks one more break to this thing and it's going to be damaged beyond your ability to repair it sick so, but, so it doesn't fully open yet no as, as you go to turn it the yeah. this half the spokes which are rotted, just crack underneath your paws. You're going to need to push up the other spokes now to be able to do it. Um, right. I'd say that. I'd say that's. You still got a bonus action. I'd say if you had one as a bear. Or uh, as a, as a, no, not really. Okay. Teethla, I pass over to you. I think you might um, be muted, Jacob. Oh no, you're Everyone's there. not really thinking about. Sorry, carry on. Everyone's not really thinking about helping this lady, are we? She's. She's kind of the problem that we're here, and I don't think that we should do what she wants because she's the problem, and surely that's then the problem, right? Um, and she's just going to sort of get her bow ready and be unsure and just ready to follow the lead of everyone else, but has said her piece of do you distrust. Wanna, I, I, I want to give you a held action. Um, what would you like your trigger to be? An act of aggression from either her friends or Lizzie. 
Okay. Yep. I'll, I'll say that. Any 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 aggression in the room, and you will you will open fire on Elizabeth. Alrighty. We're back up to the top. Jonor, I pass over to you. There was a, uh, a a coffin with the the shape of this baby, I, I believe, earlier. That if maybe if we put the baby inside the coffin, uh, the soul and body will be reunited again and then allowed to pass into the to pass on. Um, maybe that would release a spell. You know, I, you could be right, Elizabeth, about just smash these runes and then that'll be um, that'll sort it out. But. If we can also have a baby like uh, pass on, that, that sounds like two wins, actually. You um, actually don't, Jonah, I will say, you don't remember seeing any crypts for the child. Definitely saw one for oh, Rose, okay. Thorn. Uh, you, you only really explored those main ones there, and you put Margaret in one of the empty ones that didn't have a name. But you only really explored two named ones, which was Rose and Thorn, and then the two empty ones, which didn't have any names. So you, just as a, as a, your character would remember this, it was only like an hour ago. For sure, I, that's a mistake yeah. then, sorry, yeah. yeah. No, no. Um, it's, it's, it's okay, because if you have played the original Curse of Strahd, there is one for the baby, but uh, in this version, it is not, because it doesn't make any fucking sense that. that they would have a child-sized coffin for a baby that they're not expecting to be dead. They would have adult-sized crypts prepared for the children that are legitimate children of the family. Yeah, we didn't do Death House, but we did, we did... Just together, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> That was genuinely, yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, well, no, that's um, okay. Elizabeth, um, I kind of want to try to do the right thing by this child and chuck her into a let her rest. I'm not going to chuck her in. Let her rest in a um in a in a coffin. I believe there was a spare one up in um previously, um, uh, and then he's starting to say that and yep. like grabs the grabs the body and starts to turn to judge her reaction yeah Jonah. as soon as you say you're going to put the baby to rest in one of the coffins you watch as that pale white begins to creep across her skin again as the color bleeds out no that child is not one of the dursts it is a bastard offspring it is not worthy of interment in the durst crypt and you watch as her skin bleeds into that pale white again as she begins looking much more like the banshee form that she took on earlier. Well, maybe we can uh, rest her in a non-durst location, maybe in a top room somewhere. What's a, what's a, a location that's not significant for you? We can just take her upstairs somewhere in an attic, you know? Not not part of the family. It's very, it's very separated. There's no point laying that child to rest. The soul is gone used as fuel for this machine. It will not work. There is no soul left. I thought there's no soul left for you, bitch. Uh, <coughs> Theodore goes <laughs> being, a, being a bear and uh, not capable of speech. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree, Theo. <laughs> uh, Jonah, I, I leave it up to you. I'd say picking up the remains of the child is a bonus action at best so yeah for sure because you already picked them up last turn so you, you tell me what you want to do you've still got your action um on an inside check her and saying it's not going to help at all uh that the spirit's yeah. gone and it's not help. yeah yeah absolutely um so did i use my 10 or my 16 before you used your 10 to give her a bad roll okay um i'm gonna one. this this time yeah. decide like yeah. i really need this to work and i'm gonna use my 16 plus the insight where is that one um there's a plus one it's a 17 total yeah nice so yeah jonah you're 
from studying those tarot cards before, you remember one of the cards that you practiced with showed a, a figure standing above, and it was called the Judge, to decide between what is right and wrong. And you knew in that moment that you would need to have the knowledge and the insight available to you, and that a, a chance would come up for you to show a moment of, of insight. And this moment has come. You know deep within your heart this moment has come, and you you roll a 17 using your, your important roll, uh, a 16 plus a 1. Jonor, you get the sense that she doesn't know for sure what effect this will have burying the remains. She seems to fully believe what she said, that the soul was used as fuel, and that lines up with what you've seen of this mechanism and this ritual change. Sure, sure. Whether or not actually interring the body will have any further effects, you don't know. In your heart, I'd probably say Jonor thinks it is the right thing to do. But whether or not it will have any effect or bearing on what this current situation is, you're not sure. You get the sense Elizabeth believes what she's saying about that. And and given what you've done with your Arcana check from before, that kind of lines up with what you've seen as well. I mean, you've read in your studies of good and evil, you've read about creatures known as liches which can store their souls away in phylacteries and feed on the souls of others. Sure, when a lich yeah. feeds on your soul, it's gone. You don't get an afterlife. Sure. You are consumed yeah. as energy for the lich. Yeah. All right, well, I'll, I'll let, her, let her rest then. Um, he turns the baby, puts it back in place, and then grabs a fireball on his hand and... Seeing Theodore standing right next to the broken one, he's going to launch it at the one uh, left of him, top left corner instead. Yeah, in between Luther and Theodore, yeah, up towards the top. That's right. Uh, yeah, the northwest northwest chamber. Yeah. Uh, did you say Fireball, fireball or Firebolt? Because yeah, I heard Fireball bolt. and I'm very excited about Fireball. Yeah, look, I wish I could, but... Okay, Fireball. <laughs> yep, shoot that Firebolt. Let's see. Let's see you roll an attack, eh? Yeah. Let's go for that. I mean, I'm excited. Sorry, do we agree on bolt or ball? Eight. Bolt. Excellent. Oh, thank God. Uh, eight. As Jonah, as you summon this spell and fling it, this ball of fire, this tiny little ball of fire flies out and strikes the rune. You know sort of how to pitch this to deal quite a lot of damage. You know how to disrupt this. As you, as you conjure the fire into your hand, you put some of your own magical essence in it, conjuring up this, this disrupting force that you fling out at the rune. As it strikes the edge of the rune, where you know that the magic is kind of channeling through and at its weakest, the rune cracks and you watch as the magic begins pulsing out of it. The two damaged runes next to each other now forming almost like a feedback of pulsing this. Almost sounds like a heartbeat. To the beat of drum. Yeah. Well, that's grim. Boom, 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 boom. I want you in my ritual chamber room. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, um, see, I could be fun and lighthearted. <laughs> Sorry, carry on, Tom. Um, he just stays put next to Grinner. Alrighty. And Luther, that's it, for him. it is your turn. <clears throat> so, um, looking at how the party's sort of going about things, um, Luther's a bit confused because, on one hand, half the party's sort of helping the runes, or at least one or two and the other half is sort of saying let's like literally like fuck this girl up <laughs> yeah um shit I don't know what to do <laughs> i probably say to Elizabeth so um that's that's the Michael wizard over there 
Uh, what was that? Sorry, I missed that. Oh, I said, um, so is that Markle over there in that uh, altar? She looks over at the, the altar and looks back at you. It was, yes. And that's uh, your handiwork, is it? As you say that, you watch as the colour begins to fade back in and she looks down at her feet. Yes. To my eternal shame. Yes. Uh, I want to insight check her again. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. How much? Because I don't think she gives a shit about like killing Michael. 17. You get the sense that she doesn't really like killing killing Michael, killing the baby. You don't think is what is what is upset her. You think the chain of events that followed <laughs> is what has really upset her. Like if 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 the ritual had gone to plan, you don't think she would be upset at all. If it, if it had yep. granted her eternal life and it all worked out as she wanted, she'd she'd feel no shame at all. But that's not how it went down. <laughs> You get the sense the regret is for how things have turned out, not for the actions and choices that she made. Well, that's not technically true. She, you definitely get the sense she regrets fucking up the ritual, uh, but yeah. you don't get the sense she regrets her darker actions. The old sorry she got caught, not that she did it routine. Yes, exactly right. The, the sorry, sorry that things went wrong, rather than I'm sorry I chose deliberately terrible decisions and committed to this path of absolute destruction and death. <sighs> I mean, it's all a certain point of view sort of a deal, right? Yeah, exactly right. Potato, <laughs> potato. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of wriggle room here on these sort of things. Yes. Okay. So, as we've been going, we've been taking out the runes and that's sort of been dealing with... So far, only one rune has been disrupted. The one closest to you, Luther, on the west wall. Two of the runes have been damaged but have not been destroyed yet. And they're the ones in the northwest and the north central, right near Theodore. Right. Okay. Ah, oh, I don't know what to do. This is this, no. Look, do you know what? I take this as a massive compliment because I worked really hard to make these characters as complex as possible, so that you would have to actually genuinely think through what you want to do. Oh I no, to I want your to characters with a moral. I point. want to destroy her. Oh, I okay. live too. But you're, but you're not. But you're not destroying her. Why? I don't know how to destroy her though. Okay. That's what I'm trying to think. Do we just smack her until she dies? Or, like, she's already dead, I guess. Or we die. Our tank got knocked in, like, two hits. (laughs) I do have four healing potions, or at least four red liquid potions. I'll I'll be a nice DM. Yeah, they're they're healing potions. (laughs) Luther's probably seen them around. You've had them for enough time. I'm not trusting you. (laughs) Nah, I don't like her. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to move here. I'm going to jump to here. Okay. Do you want to make me a flex check to jump that gap? Can, can I do acrobatics? Can I make an argument for that? Yes, you can. Cool. I'll definitely allow it. Damn, that's still check. really bad. Seven. Uh, <laughs> Luther, as you go to jump, your foot slips on. on the edge of the... Yeah. I'm going to use my inspiration. Oh my god, that. really? Okay. Yeah, I really He's want to... He's going to get wet. Yeah. It's okay. Oh, actually, yeah, that's a good point. I don't really care if I get wet. I have 35 feet of movement. I, I need a roll. Right, what happens, Owen? Okay. As you... So this this is it. Once I've described this, you've committed. You can't re-roll. All right. As you go to jump across, your foot slips on the edge of the walkway here, the edge of this stone outcropping, and you just plummet into the water. As soon as you drop in, 
the cold water shocks you to your core. And as you get to the surface and try and gasp for breath, you breathe in this mist that is surrounding the area. And, and you shouldn't have any trouble breathing this mist, but it feels thick as you breathe it in and you find yourself sort of gasping for breathe. air. Oh, okay. In that case, then you just drop into the water, swim <laughs> over the edge, and then slowly like, climb your way out. Because of my, um, yeah, yeah, because you're a damn Because you're a damn I'll just put that in. Yeah, you just you jump into the water. You're like underwater. You're like, ah, oh, fuck, it's cold. And then you swim over the edge and start crawling out. And you're like, oh, my stuff's all wet. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, 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 no. Absolutely. Can he feel um, the cold? Uh, yes, he can feel the cold. He's not immune to cold and fire. Um, I'm gonna look at Elizabeth oh. and just sort of give her a look, and then I'm gonna feed. I'm gonna feed Grinner a healing potion. Oi, fuck yes, Grinner. Uh, well, oh actually, God, yeah, no. I should say, Luther, can you please roll? Oh. Uh, I believe it's two d four plus two for a standard healing potion. So he's six HP. Six HP, Grinner. Regain six HP, and you become conscious as you sort of like cough <sighs> and splutter awake. Elizabeth looks down at Luther and Grinner sort of cocks her head curiously. Well, as long as he does not try to stop me, he can like have his life. Okay, so I've used <clears throat> I've used a bonus action. action. Uh, do you have the, f- the feature as a rogue to be able to do it as a bonus action? Because I believe a healing pressure... I thought you ruled it as bonus action, so you used uh, Let me double check, because there's a feature... Mm. There's a, so the problem is, right, that if there's any feature that gives you... I believe rogues have a thing that lets you use it as a bonus action. And the problem with that is that if they do the bonus action, and I'm taking it from an... Oh, are any of you rogues? Who's a rogue? No, no one's a rogue. Then I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's a bonus action. You can get rid of the whole feature. Yeah, it's a bonus <laughs> action for all of you. That's fine, then. Yeah, okay. it's, it's only if um, someone's a rogue that I can't do that because then, like, I, then it's like, oh well, I've lost yeah, a class feature, and you're like, ah, oh, sorry. Um, okay, well, I'm gonna <laughs> bonus bad. action it yep. to Grinner. Yep. Um, <clears throat> now I've jumped. Would you say that's like a free action? That's my movement, isn't it? It's movement. Yeah. Uh, is it alright if I take out my short sword that's silvered? Uh, yeah, you can you can pull your short sword, and then you're gonna attack her with it. I'm gonna look around and go. um... I'm not going to take it yet. Okay. I'm going to look at a. I'm going to look at like Michael. Yep. Um. Look, I'll be honest. You're pretty much pure evil, aren't you? Pure evil? <laughs> Who are you to make such a judgment? I've made mistakes. Mistakes I have paid for in more lifetimes than you could count. I just want to die that's fair let us hit you till you die then that's right, not... I'm just going to smack her with the silvered short sword okay yeah yeah, yeah absolutely uh, as you go to strike her uh, her held action goes off <laughs> damn, damn it. Uh, so already a bit like don't forget about mine as well though yeah, yeah, yeah but don't worry uh, already a bit sort of cautious of you pulling out your your short sword um, as you go to strike her, her hand just grabs you around the face, reaching out as she does a corrupting touch. Uh, this also triggers Teethless held action as well. Uh, Luther, does an 18 hit you? Yes. That is going to be eight necrotic damage as she grabs your face and drains the life out of you. Okay. Uh, Tithla, your held action goes off. I've hit roll. Let me know if it comes through. It has. 15. 
15, 15 does hit. hit. Yep, 15 hits. And I think four piercing damage on that four one. Four piercing damage. I think everyone's pretty happy to hit her. Alrighty, that is... Keeping yep. in mind that was a plus three, so that worked really well. Yeah, <laughs> natural one on the actual damage roll. That's sad. Um, so, yep, I've marked that off. Four piercing damage. Uh, Luthi, you still get to make your attack, so go for it. Seven misses. Seven is not going to be enough to hit. As you strike down, she just turns your whole body using your face and your arm just swings wide as you fail to attack her. Eleven um, will miss as well. Eleven misses well, just misses. As you go to stab her in the gut, she just moves aside, gliding effortlessly off the ground, releasing your face and gliding backwards up into the air. Still within range, but um, just out of reach of your dagger strike. As she looks down and goes, Ah. Oh, you can't kill me while this ritual is in place. All you're doing is killing yourself. As that white hair flows back, she takes on the banshee appearance once again. Um, Luther, anything else on your turn? I think you've run out of things you can do. No, that's it. Elizabeth is not happy with you, Luther. She is going what? to... Yeah, I know. She is mean? going to... Yeah. Um... She backhands you across the face. Does a 16 hit you? Just. Oh, this is so bad. That's 15 as she just oh, strikes through you. Me. 15 damage. I need you to roll me a constitution saving throw, please. 15. DC is 15. Damn, I only have 20 HP. 8 is a fail. Could you please roll me a D20 as you take a injury? 18's good. We already know what an 18 does. I don't even need to pull it open. As she backhands you across the face, Luther, this grey patch of skin begins moving across you as your life, whatever sort of version of it you have as a dampier, is drained out of you. This grey patch of skin grows across your chest and down your left arm as she sucks out some of the life, leaving you with skin along that area resembling that of a corpse. Um, it's a... Um, uh, it's disfiguring only. It has no mm. impact on uh, mechanics or any any abilities or anything like that. It's just uh, unsightly, as you take an unsightly scar, uh, oh, and you are down to zero. Um, as Luther drops, Elizabeth turns back towards Grinner, who's still lying on the ground, and Jonor, and Tithla. She's ignoring the the giant beyond at this point. She looks at you and goes, "Be a shame if you all had to die here today, when you could easily live." That's all she says. Uh, Grinner, your turn. You watch as Luther just drops onto the stairs, his strings cut like a marionette. Uh, and he's next to me? Lying down on the floor. Yeah, just within five feet of you. So I'm lying down too. Um, yeah, because you were knocked unconscious, and when he fed you the healing potion, you were still lying down. I was. So I, I have a um, glowy handprint on the back of my hand, don't I? You do, very faint glowy handprint. I'm going to take a absolute leap of faith here I'm gonna while I'm lying on the ground with my hands I'm about to push myself up and I see the glowy handprint and I'm just going to close my eyes and whisper to it for mate I know you just got an opportunity to have a nap and that's great but your mum's being an absolute fucking cow and uh Maybe you could talk some sense into her. Kids, please. Hello. Right. Can I, get you to, can I get you to roll me? It's very hard to know what. Can I get you to roll me a D100, please? I'm going to give this a percentage chance to work. 
on the dundred. 67. Okay. Okay. Here is what happens. As you reach out, praying for help, you watch as a little handprint pulses and you hear a voice in your head. I, 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 I can, I can try. Grinner, you are racked with a moment of pain and cold. You watch, the rest of you watch, as a small ghostly form pulls itself from inside Grinner, connected to Grinner by this tether of golden light, as the small figure of Thorn pulls himself out of Grinner's uh, body. Uh, the figure turns towards Elizabeth. Mother, you've got to stop this, please. Please don't hurt them. Elizabeth looks down at her son. Banshee white hair fading back as she begins taking on the Elizabeth form again. Thorn, my boy, what has happened to you? What, what is going on? Uh, that's all that happens for them, Grinner. You've still got your movement and bonus action. I'm just going to, like, crawl... Uh, crawl over to Luther and rummage in his pockets trying to find healing the potion. healing potions. You find a healing potion? <laughs> Pretty Good. easily. Uh, can I jam one in my mouth and one in his mouth? No, you can give him one because you have a bonus action and nothing else. So you can give him one or give you one. Your choice. Alright, uh, I... Uh, I give it to him. I give him the, the healing so. potion. Roll me 2d4 and we will add two to it. Luthi, you're about to regain some hit points. Well, damn. Uh, Elizabeth... Yep, perfect. Six. Nice. So that's eight hit points. Luthi, you're back with eight hit points. Uh, all death saves are uh, reset as you sort of wake up uh, coughing and spluttering. Your legs <laughs> your legs in the <laughs> water, so your boots now full of water um, <laughs> as Grinner like pours a healing potion down your throat. God. Uh, would I that have... Was that was nice. Would it be possible to just have a free action to just kneel next to Thorn and just be there next to him? I, yeah, you don't even need to. You can just get up on your knee. You're right next to him anyway. Your position next to Luther and Elizabeth, you're kind of in a bit of a triangle. Luther on your left, Thorn on your right, Elizabeth right in front of you. So you, you can just kneel and stay still. Cool. Rina, this line of light connecting you to Thorn, you can see is hair's breadth thin, this line of golden light. Uh, and already there are sections where it's beginning to fragment a little bit as you are calling upon powers which you don't yet control. Uh that's all of your turn. Theodore, I pass over to you. All right, so Liz has chilled out a bit. Uh, Liz has chilled out a bit, but she looks very distracted by the arrival of her son. All right, then I'm going to continue to try to open the portcullis. Brilliant. Can I please have another D100 check? Watch me break it, boys. As long as it's <laughs> below... That's much better. 97. Hey. Much, much, much better. 97. Um, Theodore, as you get underneath and push... You leverage your back against the edge of this to provide a bit of stability. Push up very gently. And as you do with this, you begin opening the portcullis. Uh, as you turn it, you can use your full action to fully open the portcullis, giving you entrance to the room beyond. As the portcullis is fully opened, um, you can see the narrow five-foot corridor to the north heading up a ramp into that room with the 13 alcoves with the 13 random items. Yeah, I would like to yeet up into there. Yeah. And get to the nearest alcove. Yeah, as you look into the nearest alcove, I better tell you what you see, hey? 
um, you can see a severed raven's claw. Cool. I I I, I, use, I use my full action, so I can't try and smash it. But no, that's absolutely fine. I roared Tith it. You roared it. Roar! <laughs> <laughs> um, Tithla, <laughs> I pass over to you. What would you like to do, Tithla? Does it look like any of our damage is actually hurting her at all? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely you're definitely hitting her. You're definitely doing damage. Um, she. I mean, you, Tithla, from your view. As soon as Luther went to attack her with the silvered sword, she really didn't like that. She she struck out with absolutely no chill. Um, you get the sense she's not a fan of that silvered sword. You, the rest of the damage, yeah, there's a few sections. There's like holes in her that are leaking this white incorporeal smoke around her where she's been damaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are definitely damaging her. She's not she's not immortal or immune. It's just that as a ghost, it's hard to see injuries. But you you can see that she's taking some damage definitely. Not a huge amount, but definitely some damage. Okay. Um, Tithla's going to then say to the group, um, can somebody else confirm that we're not going to help her and then there's only one other way that we can sort of deal with this? And then she will ready her bow to attack until somebody confirms that we're not going to help her okay. or there's some sort of aggressive act. Yep, absolutely. Jonor. Um, seeing his ally just get down immediately like that, down immediately like that, uh, he's just in an absolute state. He doesn't want to be anywhere near this um, near this fray. Um, he's going to walk around um, um, around Thorn yep. and try to get over to the edge here. Yep. Um, and then he's going to look at the water and like just think, do you die? from her or do you deal with this fear and he's going to try and jump into the water to get over to the portcullis oh nice yeah Jonah. as you jump into the water it's cold and as the icy water hits you, you gasp for breath <laughs> as you come up the mist is covering the surface of the water and as you go to breathe it wait you you do breathe right just want to check this before i get <laughs> I I'm, kidding, I'm kidding i'm kidding okay as you as you push your head above the water and go to take a big breath in the mist is all around you and and you remember still that fear of being in the mist and mm. as you breathe in it kind of chokes your lungs a bit you kick with a bit of added speed quickly over to the edge of the portcullis, the edge of the water, and clamber up to the edge of the rampway. Um, so that's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 gets you to there, right at the very edge of the rampway up. I imagine when he was in there and it was washing all over him, he'd like activate his cantrip for light, and he's like using that as his way through, trying to get trying to get to Ooh. the end. Yep, that definitely helps. As the light shines, it does push through the fog and allows you to kick your way over towards the... Um, the portcullis heading towards that room to the north quite easily. Um, you can see probably uh, Theodore's tail <laughs> swishing backwards and forwards. He, he gets to there and it's just puffing. <gasps> oh, jeez, that was awful. And he um, just, yeah, rests at the top there. That's it. You've still got, if you want to do an action dash, you definitely could. You've only used your movement so far. Cool. Um, he's, yeah, he, oh, he lit up the cantrip, which is an action, so. Oh, that's a good point. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you for that so point of order. Thank, Thank you for your honesty. That's, yeah, absolutely. Luther, you are currently lying prone on the edge of this dais. Elizabeth, her back to you as she faces Thorn. I'm going to stand up. Yep. <clears throat> I'm going to keep my weapons drawn, but I'm going to um, hold my action. Just as, like, if she does any hostile actions, I'll attack her. But um, right. I want to see her interaction with Thorn. Alrighty. 
Grinner, could I get you to please roll me another D100 dice? I'm gonna I'm gonna act this out. I just need to know what the action looks like, and I'm gonna leave this up to your dice rolls because you have summoned Thorn. Um, sure. As, Eliz- as Elizabeth looks down at her son, 85. Excellent. As Elizabeth looks down at her son, taking on that much more humanoid appearance again, you see these ghostly tears begin to form in her eyes, and as they fall off her face, they crystallize into snow, which sort of lands on the ground around her, freezing into this sort of icy sleet um, that slowly melts and dissipates. My, my boy, what happened to you? I hoped that you had been spared the curse of this place. I'm so sorry. Kid looks up at her. Mum, this has to stop. You're hurting people. You've hurt so many people. You need to give it up. You need to stop this. I am trying, Thorn. I am trying to break this curse. Then don't attack these people. Let them break the curse. Come stand with me. But they they attacked me first, son, and I will not be disrespected in my own home. And he reaches out and grabs her hand. Uh-oh. You watch as she sort of stops and looks down. Mum. You need to stop, please. She pauses. Slowly sinks down to her knees. And Thorn moves up, pulls her into a big hug, wrapping his arms around her head. As she begins sobbing. That's her full turn. Grinner. Grinner is still fighting the urge to kick her in the head. (laughs) Um, But will... Refrain. I would say, Grinner, you're kind of feeling Thorn's emotions a little bit at this point. Being connected Mm. to him, it's similar to how it was when you were possessed. Mm -hmm. You're not feeling... And this is what kind of strikes you, is before when Thorn had possessed you, you felt fear, this terror. Something's changed. Thorn being laid to rest, and, and maybe through his connection with you, Thorn is feeling brave at this point. Thorn is feeling... Yeah, sad but courageous the two emotions that are really powering through him right now. I'm uncertain of the whole situation and feeling marginally uh, responsible for this kid still and amazed that he actually showed up. Um, I think I'm just going to stay next to Thorn still within reach from Elizabeth but keeping a little bit of distance there and um, I'm just going to hold my action to um, attack her if anything goes sideways again. Alrighty. Corinna, as we reach the end of your turn the golden thread linking you to Thorn is fragmenting more and more and as it begins to fragment you can see Thorn beginning to fade and dissipate. Sections of him almost fading out of existence like he's slowly disappearing. Alright, I'm just gonna seeing that just <sighs> crouch down next to him and just whisper thanks kid that was very fucking brave mate as Thorn turns his sort of large eyes towards you you can see a resilience there that wasn't there before and he just nods cool that's Theodore. my turn then Theodore. Uh, 
try and smash the, the thingy blew up again. The Raven's yeah, Claw. Yeah, brilliant. Just go for it. Roll me an attack. Nine or still not, not in that one. 14. <laughs> not in that one. 14. You just smash down on this Raven's Claw, crumbling it into dust. It's this old mummified severed Raven's Claw. It doesn't take much to destroy it. And as you smash down and break it with your claws, it just crumbles into dust. Um... You don't hear any dramatic changes from the room below or anything like that. Um, so you're not sure if that's had any effect at this point. All right, I take a step to the left. Uh, and jump and to give, the right. Yeah. Give Jonah a... <laughs> <laughs> Cocks his head curiously for podcast yeah. listeners. He sees. Oh, no, no response from Jonah. All right, um, then I go over to the next one and smash that one too with my second attack. With your bite. Absolutely, you just crunch it ah. between your teeth. Uh, this particular item is the um, piece of bark covered in thorns. Love uh, bark. As you, as you bite down, being careful to avoid the thorns, <laughs> you bite down and crack the bark, crunch it up, crunch it into pieces. Tastes bitter and uh, and very acrid in your mouth, but you, you bite it up and chew it. Uh you don't hear or see anything change from where you are. Yeah, you, you uh, crunch that bad boy up. Uh, no, anything else? Step back and give Jonah the curious look again, and then hold hold there. Brilliant, Titha, your turn, buddy. Well, if no one's going to make any decisions either way, yep, fine. No one is. Yep. I'm just going to step and walk over towards the doorway. Back out. Um, I mean, she may as well dash. Why not? So she can yep. get all the way out. Get back to the door that she had a nat twenty with the animal handling on, and say, "Here, boy. Here, come and get give us a hand over dog. here. Come on. Here, boy. Come on. Try and get the dog to come with her." Can you make me another animal handling check, please? Oh, yeah, did the dog survive the banshee scream? You? Yeah, that was my question too. The dog, the dog did survive the banshee scream. I rolled for it. Hey, my boy. Fourteen. Fourteen. As you whistle, the dog looks looks up from its what you presume to be its the, the remains of its owner. Looks towards you, sniffing the air a little bit cautiously, and takes a step towards you. You can see that it, it's it's definitely suffered some injuries. There's a little bit of blood pooling from one of its ears. You suspect that that banshee whale did do some damage to it, but it's still still up as far as you can tell. And as it walks towards you and sniffs you cautiously, you get the sense that it's it's definitely um, open to to listening to you, having shown it kindness. Uh, could I use my bonus action to for flavor just to try and put some pressure on some of those wounds and yeah. just try and look after it a touch? Just absolutely. To let me let me get that for you. Let me clean that up. Yeah, as, as you sort of like fuss over it, the dog kind of lacks the attention, leans into it, and, and it sort of plays up its paw a little bit. Even though like the, the sound was all, like it was an, an, an audio attack, a sound-based attack. There's no way its paw is hurt, but it sort of pulls its paw a little bit as you like check on its paw and you begin like looking over it. Um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I've got a sore paw too. I I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jonor, it is your turn. Um, Jonor, could you please roll me a uh, what's your passive perception? Uh, it is passive perception. Yeah. Eleven. Eleven. And what is your bonus to Arcana checks? I believe it is a plus five. Five. Yeah. Yep. yep. <clears throat> Jonor, when 
because you were facing the other way, you're facing up towards Theodore, when Theodore broke those two objects, you almost you felt a flash of something. You're not sure what. And as you turn to look around, the two objects closest to you, the two the two pillars with the runes on them that were having that feedback loop of the boom, 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 this like pulsing of, of sound, which almost sounded a little bit like a heartbeat. Mm. It's gotten a bit faster. It's like, boom, 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 boom. Oh, Theodore, you're so you're so smart. The the ritual pieces, we can just destroy them. Um, he turns around and looks at those and guys, if we just destroy these items up here, I think we'll um we'll destroy each of these pillars. That's that's what we need to do. Um looks at looks at Elizabeth for her reaction to that. Uh, Elizabeth doesn't seem to be reacting to anything right now. She's sort of yeah. sobbing into her son's arms as Thorn holds her close and is sort of like patting her head. Um yeah, she, she doesn't seem to be paying much attention to anything else right now. Fair enough. Um, I move up. I find, uh, I just see an object in the left side of the room. Yeah. Throw a little bit of a firebolt into my hand and just like send it into it. Well, it's very appropriate because the object I was about to read out is a woven wicker circle. And you just set that shit on fire. You just It's like yeah. intricate piece of work. Some, some village lady has worked hard on this. You just click your fingers and it's gone. It's just ash as you fling this firebolt at Oof. it. That is maximum damage for 10. 10 damage. Uh, you don't just obliterate it. I'm going to say with a 10, you obliterate because it was the one right in front of you, right on the west wall. Yeah, that's I'm right. I'm going to say you obliterate the one next to it as well. The 10, 10 is a decent amount of damage. As the fireball strike, mm. firebolt, not fireball, firebolt strikes into the alcove, um, the woven wicker circle burns immediately, almost like flash paper. Uh, and whatever item was next to it goes up in flames as well and begins smoldering. Uh, the item next to it being a reef of paper. Uh, <laughs> just realized I positioned two flammable objects right next to each other um, immediately begins burning uh, it, that's your um, I do that yep. yeah um, half a movement used I'm going to go back down and say I moved up three down three yep. oh, guys we've, uh, we've destroyed a couple items up here we shouldn't be too long brilliant and that's it as you destroy two more items all of you notice every single rune in the chamber except for the one that's been broken begins to pulse with that same heartbeat energy. No longer is it just this fast beat. It's now almost this it's, it's this almost like staccato beat of pulsing energy. And the all of you who are on the dais can feel the dais vibrating and deep within Grinner Luther, you can hear this hum of energy deep within the dais. Uh, Luther, it's your turn. there buddy jared uh sorry i was muted you're good <laughs> um i'm gonna sort of look around notice like obviously the energy building up uh i'm gonna sort of gesture to grinner maybe we should like get off the dais yep um you, uh, do you say that or you just sort of like gesture your thumb frantically behind you yeah i'll just sort of tap him quickly and like sort of give like a head nod I don't really want to, like, disturb Elizabeth much. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, um, yep. So then I'll slowly back out, go into the water, and then I'll climb up onto here. So climbing climbing up that... Oh, you've got spider climb. I have a don't climb worry. speed. Yep, yep. yep. you're good. Yep. You, yeah, you just climb up. <laughs> no worries at all. As you, as you jump into the water and then begin clambering up the sides, you climb up onto the, uh, the outer walkway around the ritual chamber. Absolutely. Um... That's only then, 15 feet you've moved. You've still got another 15 if you want it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I, I want to stay here, though, 
because I want to be like, and I want to have, I want Grinner to be on his own. Yeah. Um, no, fair enough. Just in case, I want to be at least within striking distance of Elizabeth. Um, right. So I'll just stay where I am now. Um, do I want uh, I got two more potions of healing. I don't know if I want to take a swig. No, I might just leave it for now and just leave the two potions of healing. Alrighty. Uh, Elizabeth spends her full turn clutching Thorn as he slowly begins to fade away. Um, she begins muttering under her breath, No, 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 I can't lose you again. No, no. Uh, Grinner, it is your turn. Um, Thorn is almost gone. That thin strip of gold light connecting you to him is now this intermittent flash of individual sections connecting, almost like a broken chain now, beginning to fracture and sputter apart. All right, I'm just going to look at him and wink and give him a little head nod um she when she came down here wasn't a dead person i would imagine so have we no one's looked for her body yet hey no you guys haven't found her body yet um i'm not a very smart man i wouldn't even know where to start looking for that so i'm going to go up to the altar and break something off it (laughs) What are, you, what are you going to break off the altar? Uh, what do we got? So there's, so the altar itself is this um, block of, of stone that has been hollowed out and sections of it have been broken off and, and sections have been opened up and all of these components and giant items and, and artificing tools have been inserted into it. The internal components are now somewhat external after Theodore wailed on this thing and you can see what looks to be lengths of coiled wire, springs, gears, strips of metal embossed with these giant runes all glowing and then out of the back of the altar are thin trailing sections of silver, silvery wire or electric wire joining to each of the pillars in the room. Is there like a, I don't know, a reinforced bar that's got runes on it or anything like that? Uh, or is the I, metal kind of flat little It's bits? all, it's mostly flat and it's sort of designed more to be interlocking components. But I can I get you to roll me an investigation or perception check? There may be a drive shaft or some sort of uh, gear socket you could try and pull out. Uh, yes. But that could be there. 13, yeah. Uh, it's not super thick. It's not like a length of piping, but there is a length of metal probably copper by the looks of it roughly about a foot and a half maybe two feet long um Mm -hmm. that has some gears mounted on it but theodore's attack of this uh, attack of this altar has broken open that section and the gears have actually slipped off and are now clogging up another section of gears as these two gears are grinding into each other and the shaft is just exposed you can just reach in and pull this out so it's like Rio bar sort of thickness, yeah, like thick as think, your finger? Think of it as like as long as a spanner and about as thick as your finger. Long as a spanner. Long as a spanner. Okay. Maybe maybe a bit thicker. Maybe maybe thick as two fingers. And spanners are about that long? Oh, I was thinking more like a hand spanner, so about like oh, okay. foot and a half. Foot and a half. Okay. A big spanner. A big cool. spanner. Not not like a little like adjusting spanner, like a like an adjustable wrench. Okay. Cool. That's uh good enough for me. I'm gonna take that and um with a final little uh, head nod to little buddy there, I'm going to um, do a, a swan dive into the water and start swimming my way to 
uh, over this side. Is there anything left to break on this side? Uh, there's still the pillars and the all, all the pillars on the eastern wall. None of them have been damaged yet that you can see. They're all now pulsing with this energy, but none of them have been damaged yet. What about all these like uh, baskets and paper reeds and things? Are they oh, that's all up in the room to the north. You can't actually oh. see any of that that's going down. That's all happening with Theodore and Jonor up in the previous cool. room. Well, I'm going to get to what Grinner does best and try and swim over here, climb out and start breaking pillars. Okay, so so from where you are here, you're about that that uh, section of walkway is about five eight feet above you, and you're in the water immersed. So from the top of your head, sorry, from the from your chin up to there is about five feet. It's pretty hard to try and climb out along this section here. The only reason Luther can do it is because he's got the uh, climbing speed as a dampier. There are stairs towards the south and towards the north that lead out uh, of the water. I will also say that. You don't know that, so it's very interesting how I did it so effortlessly. Yeah, I probably... Yeah, oh, yeah I, I wouldn't have known that. I would have seen him run off that way and Climb go, up, yeah, no cool. Issues. Yeah. So I'm just going to come over to exactly where I am and just assume that there's some easy handholds <laughs> or something. Yeah, and you, and you get there and it's all smooth stone, slick, wet, smooth stone as well. What in the fuck? All right, well, fuck me. As you like tread <laughs> water. Um... I will begin to make my way back over to the stairs and run out of uh, speed. I think that's as far as I can get. Uh, so you went from here, correct? Yes. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. You can actually get onto the stairs. 30. Hey, high and dry. Beauty. As you clamber um, up onto the stairs and have a bit of a pant for a second, having treaded water for a little bit, uh, I think that's. I think that could be everything. I will pass over to Theodore. Cool. All right, so we've taken out four up here. Yep. Um, all right, so I'm gonna run up here, hit this one. What, what, what have I got in this hole? Uh, in this hole, you find a dried bouquet of a herb. Uh, from your examining Theodore, and given your background, you recognize this as wolfsbane. Now I'm gonna go with the claws on that one. Yeah, 22, 7, slash down and strike into it. Theodore, that's enough. As you break another one of these items and crumble it into dust, a sudden tone, this musical note, rings out through the whole chamber, high-pitched, just echoing through as you feel this vibration begin to take hold. You watch... Oh, I should have said at the end of Grinner's turn, Thorn does vanish uh, on account of the, the connection finally breaking. Thorn does vanish and Elizabeth cries out, No! As he disappears. Um, and then as this breaks, you watch as Elizabeth suddenly stops in midair and begins jerking backwards and forwards her figure contorting and twisting as this note rings out and then you watch as from in the water this mummified broken rotted corpse rises up and pulls towards this banshee spirit and as it strikes in she begins like twisting her arms in and around and the corpse moves with her until she and the corpse are one the energy begins swirling around her arcing up as the runes dissipate and strike her with these bolts of lightning from across the room. And as the, each one strikes her, you watch as her flesh begins to change, turning from this rotten mummified form back into these pink flesh tones. And as the final bolt strikes her, she drops to the dais, seemingly made of flesh and blood once again. 
oh, it's time to murder that bitch. <laughs> she, as she drops, sort of like panting. All of the lights, all of the ritual runes, the entire thing goes dead and dark as the room is plunged into darkness. Uh, Theodore, that's still got the rest of your turn. I uh, use the rest of my movement to move myself. I think that's sort of 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, and I have 40 feet of movement. Yeah. So I'm going to swim out to here. As you begin swimming across, you can see the mist is starting to thin out. As the ritual dissipates, whatever effect this was starts to die off and the mist begins thinning out slowly, no longer pouring out of the altar. Uh, Tithla, your turn next. I should say, when that tone goes off, the dog sort of crouches, trying to cover its ears as this musical note rings out and then it moves up and begins standing protectively over the body of its owner, growling, seemingly very on edge, Tithla. Uh, Tithel will go over to the dog and, um, and try and reassure it and say, hey, hey, pup, hey, pup, it's okay. Remember, the noises are bad, but we can't see them, so it can't hurt us, okay? If you can't see it, you're safe. All right, so come on, here, pup, pup, let's go. And she'll try and coax the uh, puppy to come back to be able to keep an eye on this just crazy woman who's been attacked by a mummy but is now alive as the dog sort of follows it seems very on edge tithler you would kind of expected it to have calmed down after that after the source of its fear had disappeared but it still seems very on edge um looking around as if it can hear or, or sense something you can't what is a pup what is it is it that way is it that way which which one come on here pup as you point towards, as you point towards the ritual chamber, um, it barks. That was that noise you heard then. <laughs> <laughs> Some good, good noise textures. It's great timing too. Um, to then she'll pull out her bow and show it to the dog. The dog sort of and, sniffs and say, it. Look, it's okay. And put it, the arrow in there. Yeah, look. And she's going to draw it, but point it into the room at the altar and say, the, the it's okay, I'll protect you. The bow curiously, and but doesn't have the reasoning to understand what a bow and arrow is, but it sniffs it curiously. But Tithla doesn't understand that the dog no, doesn't understand. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, anything so, else you want to It's like, here, I've got my bow. We're all good. Um, and if you'll let me, I'll ready an attack at the woman. And if she just does anything weird, Anything weird. Anything that isn't human, anything that isn't normal. She's yeah, just okay. going to shoot this bitch in the face. Okay, absolutely. Uh, Jonor, your turn next. He does not like being in the foggy water. Um, he's going to crawl his way up onto the, um, the sort of dry land above. Um, he uh, is then going to turn and look at Elizabeth on the ground, and she looks like she's got a bit more of a humanoid form now. Hey, she's got yeah, she looks floating. She looks human again now. Um, <clears throat> he is going to look at her and, oh man, I really hope she's not as bad as she was when she's a ghost, is what he thinks in his head. And he starts uh, holding an action to do Tash's hideous laughter on her if she so shows signs of aggression to any of the party. Nice. Luther, you're up next. 
Um, I, I definitely think everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna at least put away my my weapons. Uh, that's my free action, so I probably can't yep. draw my crossbow this turn. Um, because I want to put them away. I don't want to drop them. Yep. Um, so I'm just gonna sort of look at her, and I'll say, um, Elizabeth, uh. How you feeling? Okay. She doesn't seem. Well, she, she yeah, she would respond to that. You hear this sort of like weeping cough come as she speaks. <laughs> I, I feel alive. I feel alive again. The, the ritual. It's it's finally broken. Hmm. Okay, I think that's about roughly probably six seconds. So I'm going to move out the way, just so Teethla has yeah. like a direct shot at her. Because I, I think Teethla said she might draw a bow. Yeah, you would probably hear Teethla pull out an arrow because she literally said uh, to the dog, "It's all right, it's all right." <laughs> yep. So I heard her do that. So I'm going to move out the way. I've just got so my bow here. It is ready, yeah, aimed yeah. at the baddies. See, <laughs> my friend Luther's in the way, but he'll move in a second. So um, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I won't draw my crossbow yet because I, 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 don't, I don't think I'll have enough actions, but. Um, Alrighty. Have I got any. Nah, I don't really have much else. Yes. On Elizabeth's turn, you can see as she holds her hand up and casts light, the room again fills. She looks at her skin in wonder, looks down at her hands, touches her face. I can't believe it. I. You did it. I'm, I'm free. I'm not trapped anymore. And as she sort of turns towards you, this big smile on her face, her eyes brimming with tears, you hear this loud clunk from inside the dais. And you watch as runes begin lighting up around the, the octagonal dais not on the stone, but glowing in the air. As they begin filling the air around her, almost like holes in reality itself, these black letters forming around her. A tear begins to rend behind her over the edge of the altar. With a sound like paper ripping, a section of reality itself rips behind her small at first and then louder and larger with this tearing noise you watch as this slit this hole in reality itself opens and as elizabeth turns in horror you hear her go oh and then it suddenly pulls her in and you feel this force as the water begins being sucked towards this thing pooling off the ground uh theodore you're in the water and grin is on the steps um and who, I need to know who's within, we're jumping into uh, almost like a skill check section. I'm actually gonna take you out of initiative now because Elizabeth gone, as she <laughs> suddenly pulled into this thing and disappears. You are out of initiative. We're now gonna moving, moving on to a skill check section. Now I need to know who is within 20 feet of this. Uh, Tithla's okay, Luther's not, Theodore's not. Jonah, how are you looking? You're safe. Grinner, you're not. 
Theodore, Luther, and Grinner, as this thing suddenly tears itself open, this gap in reality, looking at this thing feels wrong. You can't perceive this properly. Your eyes are telling you there's this sort of like black gaping hole, but light bends around it, and you find yourselves being pulled to look at the sides and the edges, unable to look at the center of it. And as it begins sucking water in and the air in around you, all of you begin getting drawn into this thing. I need, yeah, Luther, Theodore, and Grinner to make me uh, dexterity or strength saving throws, your choice. Theodore, you have disadvantage because you are in the water, and as you try to pull against it and swim against it, it is pulling you in. You don't have a swim speed, do you? No. Uh, no, I don't, but I'm right near one of those poles. Could I try and grab that? Wow. I'd say that as you don't have a po- Oh, bear, bears don't really have opposable thumbs per se, but you kind of have like big claws. They're known for hugging. Claws. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna give you're still gonna get disadvantage, but I'm gonna make it a slightly easier check for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna balance it out by making it a little bit of an easier DC. I'll take what I can. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> uh, and let's put on some some, some slightly spooky music. Well Fuck. I'm rolling a dirt today. I think we need a yeah, I'm rolling crap. Grin is fine. I did inspiration <laughs> as well, and I got eight and a nine. Can anyone see my rolls, or are they still all secret when they come from no, the I, I can see them. Sixteen uh, and I got seven. a sixteen and a seven. I reckon. Um, have, you added, have you added the Beyondling as an yeah, extra? On the I've already made it as a custom tab? custom creature. Because, so he's he's um, rolling can... it with the Beyondling, so it's plus four. So yeah, no, he's he's rolling with it definitely. Yeah, it just comes through to only Owen from from the monster spreadsheet. Because I can actually. If you go um, into the extras tab on your like character, you can sheet, add it as a as a creature. You can, you can add it yeah. as you can add it as a um, druid oh. form. It actually is there. Ah, I did not know this. Oh, this that is this add. is good music. Here we go. Alrighty. Uh, I rolled that bad. Luther and Theodore, as this thing opens, both of you are immediately sucked. 10 feet towards this Luther that pulls you 5, 10 onto the steps as you crash into them begin being pulled actually no you're straight in sorry you're straight in Luther as you're pulled into this thing you watch as Luther suddenly gets sucked straight in and disappears from view oh, no. Luther we'll get to you in a second what that means for wait you. what I yep. was sorry buddy no because I was of the 15 way- feet away not 10 feet no because it's actually taking up that whole so it's take I should I'll draw it on the map for you it's actually taking up this entire 5 foot here as you're pulled 5, 10, 15, you're pulled onto the space. You're within five feet of it. It sucks you straight in, as is Theodore. 5, 10, Theodore's straight in as well. So don't worry, Theodore's you. coming with you. You watch. Uh, Grinner, you're fine. Your strength save of 23 protects you. You watch as, <laughs> as Theodore and Luther just disappear, pulled into this thing and disappear from view. Um, I will deal with you two later. Uh, we're going to move on well, to Jonor and Teethla and Grinner. You watch as this thing, as soon as it enters into this space and it sucks up the two of them, it grows. As it takes up the entire dais, the pillars around the room begin to crack as all of the water is immediately sucked into this thing. The pillars cracking and the roof starting to crumble in. Uh, Theodore... Sorry, no. Tithla, Jonal, and Grinner. Uh, I give you guys a turn. What would you guys like to do? Ah... I'm going to try and make my way anti-clockwise around the outside here because I am on the wrong side of this entire situation. <laughs> um, so I'm going to, if I can, try to 
uh, go from like pillar to pillar. And yes. Kind yeah, of- yeah, yeah. This thing is still pulling, and as you as you push yourself around, the wind is tearing at your clothes, the water pulling out from underneath your feet as you try and scramble up the steps. But as you pull yourself along and begin running around the outer edge of the uh, of the dais uh, at the outer edge of the ritual chamber, uh, you're able to pull yourself. Um, I'm guessing you're doing a dash. Yeah, feel free to put me as far as you think I can get five, if 10, I'm struggling 15, against the wind 20, and whatnot. 25, 30, 5, 10, 5, 30. You can get all the way around to there, buddies. You run all the way around from the south to the north. Cool. And then um, if I have anything left, I'm just going to grip onto the pole. Perfect. This one's called Escape Route. This sounds, this sounds like an ideal song for this. Uh, yeah, Grinny, you just hug the pole trying to keep yourself steady. Um, Jonor and Tithla, let's do let's do Jonor first. Jonor, you just watch as Theodore and Luther just pulled into this thing along with Elizabeth. He's going to be a bit terrified of that. Um, he sees Grinno running around uh, to the edge there. Is there any part of the portcullis sort of hanging there? Is it sort of... No, like it's, just it, com- it's, it comes up from the ground and um, Theodore did deliberately lower it completely out of you. Yeah, um, he's going to go, everyone, get out, get out of there. And um, he then gets himself into safety. Um, he goes around the corner um, on the right-hand side of that um, item room and just sort of peeking his head around there. Yeah, okay, nice. Big hit around, keep and watch. Brilliant. And Tithla, um, as soon as this thing opens, the dog immediately runs back towards its master and tries to grab the mummified corpse of the, this mummified body and tries to pull it with it, trying to pull it out of the out of the room. Um, she's going to kneel down to the dog and say, "Pup, you know how you're looking after your friend there. I need your help. You've got to come with me. We've got to get my friend. Okay." You and me, we're best friends. Me and Theo, we're best friends. All right? Come on. We're going to go and get him. Can you make All me right, an animal hand check, come please? Come on, come on, pup. Convincing it to leave its owner is going to be a pretty tough role. Of course I can. For you, I can do anything. Seven. Seven is... Except succeed on an animal hand check. <laughs> do you still have inspo? What was that, sorry? Do, do you still have your inspo? No, I used it when we were first going into the room to get the dog. Yeah, the the dog is just dragging this body behind it. So it moves 5, 10, it gets back to you and pushes past you to 15, and that's its full movement as it drags this corpse uh, towards the exit. I want to try and drag the corpse (laughs) with me towards the circle. Come on. Towards the the rend in the... the Towards the massive rend in space. We, go, and time. we gotta. It's either we go and save Theo or we whistle and we walk out the front door. Um, yeah. That's that's Tithla's attitude. So yeah, she's gonna. Yep. Come on, come on, pup. She's trying to coax the pup to come with her to jump into this void. That's. <laughs> as you as you grab the body <laughs> and try to pull it, the dog resists with your animal handling of seven. This corpse doesn't have a lot of tensile strength. And as you're pulling, the corpse and this leg that you're holding splits off, sending you sprawling backwards five feet as you hold this leg. The dog sees you with his leg and growls ominously at you. No, we're friends. Come on, pup. Come on. Uh, you know what? Be free, pup. Be free. And you'll throw the leg down the hallway and run and dive 
into the void. After the <laughs> okay, Teethel, as soon as you enter the room, uh, Grinner, you just watch as Teethel just runs and then her tiny body just goes sucked up by this thing as she's flung up towards the roof and then disappears into the center of this rend in space and time, disappearing from view. <laughs> oh, fuck, I actually liked that one. Oh, <laughs> um, none of you have eyes on the dog. None of you know what the dog's doing at this point. Um, all right, we're back at the round. This thing has just grown. What's uh, even the I point need... if we don't know what the dog's doing? Exactly. <laughs> Rinna, or you're within 10 feet. That's not a good place to be. Jonah, you're within sort of 25 feet around the corner. You're actually okay for the moment. Jonah, you're fine. As you're crouching around looking, you can feel the wind pulling. You watch as all these objects on the mm. shelves around you, the small light ones begin <laughs> flying past your head as they're mm. sucked into the room and disappear into this giant rend in space. Rinna. Uh, could you please mm. make me a strength or dexterity saving throw? Uh, you do not have advantage or disadvantage. I will make your DC easier, same as I did for Theodore. Love it. Oh, no. Nine. Grinner. I'm going to use my inspiration. I've still got it. Okay. Roll again. Natural one, natural one, natural one, natural one. Come on, come on, come on. I want to see that natural one. <laughs> 22. That's a lot better. Grinner, as you grip onto this thing with strength, your hands slip for a moment before you grasp yourself even closer, just staying onto this thing. Uh, unfortunately, Grinner, that actually doesn't help because as this thing grows <laughs> another <laughs> 10 feet to fill the room, you can feel the force of this thing tearing at you. You don't know if you're going to be able to let go of this pole. Uh, Grinner and Jonor, I pass over to you. Uh, the walls um, of the house at this point are starting to collapse inwards. The stonework crumbling as things are pulled into this into this massive rift. Journal six is head out around to see what's going on, and it's not it's not really looking good. Um, he's gonna go see. He goes, Grinner, Grinner, are you still in there? Yeah, mate, I'm still here, but it's a bit fucked. It's a bit windy. <laughs> uh, Jonor, you hear? Jonor, you don't hear all of what he says. You hear? Yep, yep, windy. As the wind just tears away at his voice, pulling it in, a sound itself is pulled into this thing. Um, he is a little bit terrified of being alone in this place. He's going to go down to the edge and get a look at Grinner and take my hand. Jonah, are you touching and, the water? Um, yeah, he gets into the water there. <laughs> uh, Jonah, <laughs> as soon as you touch the water, <laughs> can you make me a strength or dexterity saving yeah. throw, please? Yeah. Nine. <laughs> as Jonah comes to check on you, Grinner, you just hear <laughs> as he is just straight into this thing as the water is pulled in. There's not really much water left now. You can see around the edge of this dais bodies littering the floor, skeletal remains of those who were sacrificed to create this thing. Um, they are all being pulled up into this bit by bit. Grinner, it's just you, buddy, and uh, it's this thing's go again. I need a strength or dexterity saving throw, please. Uh, yep. Give in. No. Just a quick Twelve. <laughs> Grinner, as you grip onto this thing, it's not your strength that fails, it's the pillar <laughs> as this thing just <laughs> disconnects and you're just like koalaing around this thing as you're pulled in. It's, oh, shit as it sucks you in and you disappear from view. I'm going to uh, write it down like the atom bomb with my bowl hat. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, alrighty, I'm going to take us back to webcams, back to the landing page, as I need to be able to do things behind the scenes without you guys see. Um, we're going to deal with the people who went in first. So that 
was uh, Luther and Theodore. Liz. Liz, Liz was and first. Yeah, can, can I see Liz? <laughs> Not just yet, but don't worry. You, you don't, <laughs> worry. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. You will get. You will definitely get a chance to hang out with Elizabeth. Don't don't panic about that. I've got you covered. Um, Theodore and Luther, as both of you are pulled in together, you see each other. At first. You are hit, assailed with this darkness and this cold. The feeling of wind rushing past your face, battering at you. And as you look around you, you can see stars whizzing by at a tremendous pace. It's almost like you're falling through this tunnel that moves around you as you as you fall with it. The dark tendrils rising from around you, threatening to capture you and batter you. But you're able to sort of stay together. And as you fly through this thing at a tremendous pace... You can feel yourselves being stretched, almost torn apart by the force within this thing. And then just as quickly as it started, suddenly, with this tremendous crack, almost this echoing crack and the smell of ozone assaults your faces, you find yourself smashing into grass, sprawled onto this, this green grass around you. And you hear these thuds as sections of stone and woodwork begin smashing into the ground around you. Water raining down on you, pelting you like sleet, this cold water, closely followed by these desiccated corpses that were underneath the water. As you sort of like are cowering underneath this assault of, of detritus and debris, you look up and you can see this rend in space above you and pouring out of it, yet yeah, water, masonry, stonework, and then suddenly Tithler in like this perfect swan dive form as she then <laughs> face plants into the grass. Um, not enough to take damage, but you just face ow, plant ow, into ow, the ow, grass. Ow. Um, after that, Jonor suddenly flies through, tumbling head over heels as he stumbles into the grass and rolls and landing on his face. And then just as it looks like the rift is starting to close, you hear this fuck and then this pillar <laughs> boom, straight into the ground with Grinner still attached to it holding onto it for dear life as you all sort of look around you can see the ruins of the house around you the rend in space above you starting to slowly close lights dancing around it almost like the aurora this green and blue dancing around casting this strange light and that strong smell of ozone assaulting your nose standing just sort of standing looking up at this thing is elizabeth and for a moment you think she's going to try and cast a spell or something as she raises her hand and then as she turns around you can see a massive section of wood has embedded itself in her chest probably flew through at a high speed from inside the rift and as she turns towards you guys blood sort of dripping from her mouth she goes this isn't what i wanted and you watch as she slowly begins aging rapidly gray skin wrinkling across her hair turning white and as her skin stretches and mummifies in place her eyes sinking into her socket her mouth opens into this richter scream that never happens her body drops and begins slowly turning into dust. She is immediately aged and destroyed in front of you. I gotta stomp the corpse. <laughs> just, it's just dust as you go over and begin like stomping on it. It's, it's just this, this loose dust that you stomp into the ground. As you guys have a bit of a look around, you don't, 
you don't really know where you are. It seems to be early evening or, or late night. You seem to be in a, in a large field, a grassland on the edge of a forest. A full moon rises high above you. And you realize there's only one moon. Nostea has two moons, Phoebe and Melody. But there's only one white moon above you. Is there any signs of civilization anywhere? Just this grassland and forest. No signs of any people as far as you can see or any villages or towns. Would you like to roll me a perception or investigation check, please, Grinnell? I would. Can I climb up to the top of my pillar to do that? <laughs> it's, it's not huge. It's not like 20 feet. It's like, it's like 10 foot. It's, it's a section that's broken off. As you as you climb up and look over, have a bit of a look around, and, oh, yeah, it's, there's some trees. But, um, yeah, but you make me a perception investigation check. Uh, perception 14. Rinna, as you have a look around, yeah, th- there's, there's firelight glittering from something in the distance through the woods, in fact. There seems to be a bit of a narrow passageway through the woods, and as you have a bit of a look, you can see what looks to be the glint of firelight coming from the from from this section in the woods. Grinna, what's most disturbing is as you turn around behind you and look, the forest towards the east of where you are ends very abruptly in this thick, rolling fog that boils and tumbles around the barrier, almost yeah, almost forming this this barrier around. And as your eyes begin to follow it, you can see it stretches as far as the eye can see towards the north and the south. Does this look... I mean, I had spent some time in the in the Fey realms. Does, uh, with, the, with the different moon and just generally being strange, does this look anything like what I remember from that time? Have we tumbled into the Fey? Theodore. <laughs> I mean, I know we haven't. You, <laughs> uh, the Fey the the realm, as you know, it can be a bit of a dark and dangerous place, especially the... the uh, realms ruled by the unseelie court the plants there can be quite dark and dangerous this is something else you know that the Feywild has a feeling to it a sense of chaos and joy and wonder at all times even when you're being mauled to death by a treant there's still a sense of joy and wonder in the mm. Feywilds this <laughs> place yeah it's beautiful this place feels wrong it feels dead Oh, guys, I need a moment. I need a moment. So Jonah's like, he would have tumbled, landed on the ground, and he's just, like, lying there on his side. I really need a hand, guys. Can can we have a rest or something? Yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. There's a light over there. I don't know. Everyone, quiet. That... Shush. Let me, shush. Let me have a look. Let me go and have a look. I know forests. You know, this is where I've grown up. Let me go and have a look. Now, what's going on? Just shush, Grinner. <laughs> Grinner, you know I love and respect you, okay? Did you just fucking shush me, love? Yes, it was appropriate. Uh, now, all right. I will, and then she will it's walk away, way. go and look. Um, and we'll try and make a perception check in the woods. Yeah, absolutely. So she will have double her proficiency bonus because... It's her favorite terrain. Is a forest. It is. Please. So I hit a button and add another two to that. Whenever it wants to come through, if that worked. So seventeen. Seventeen. To try and work out what that is over at that light. Yeah. As you as you focus and have a bit of a look, Tithla, you realize that 
it looks like it could be a campfire maybe off in the distance and with your 17 as well you can see that the clearing ahead of you it actually looks like there's a, a stream not too far away as well that you could probably follow to get towards this this campfire along the edge of the forest it does seem like there's a stream that runs parallel to it um yeah you get you get the sense that you probably could follow that along and, and be able to yeah to, to follow it all right she'll go back uh Grinner, we were right in being quiet there are people over there we don't know who they are but we can go over there. I don't know how we're feeling. Me, personally, not great. Yeah, I, I don't think that any of us are doing too good. Look, I think it might be the best idea if we uh, make ourselves a camp a little bit away from them, like maybe uh, somewhere they can't see us and we just have a little bit of a lie down and sort of whatever the fuck is going on out after a, a bit of a nap and a bandage. Yeah. Trinal then um, just vomits up a little bit of blood. <laughs> <laughs> like quite, probably quite loudly oh, in agony. I'm yeah. sorry, is the idea of camping that repulsive to you? <laughs> it's just in the wild. <laughs> I'm going to go over to Jonah. Are you lying down or standing up? I'm lying down. I'm going to go over to you and kneel down next to you and put both of my hands really firmly on both sides of your shoulder and stare at you in the face and say you had a chance to fucking leave mate what the fuck did you do coming back for me what the fuck was that for you could have been out of there I, I didn't want you guys to I, I needed to be with you guys no you fuck mate you didn't alright fucking hell thank you that's great, but if that was some sort of murder mincer, well, better off just topping yourself, mate. That's all you did. I appreciate it. I'm sure these lads do as well. And Tifla, sorry, love. But, mate, don't do that. You had a chance. You could have lived. The place was awful. I don't think we could have gotten out of there anyway. Well, not with that fucking attitude. And he wanders <laughs> off and tries to start lighting a fire. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. I've turned absolutely. back into a to a, a satyr by this this point. D bad, D bad. And nice. I, I should say, I should add um, the fire that I'm trying to light. I'm digging a hole first to put it like underground, so the light's not going to be visible to the other campers. Yes, nice. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, is it a recessed bonfire they call it, or a sure something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, alrighty, Grinner, you don't need to roll anything to, to make a campfire. You, you can just make a campfire as you, as you dig down a little bit with your hands, just scooping out. Actually, probably some of the shattered remains of the building you can use to kind of make a makeshift shovel. There's probably some sections of broken um, runic stones or, or sections of plate that you can use to build a bit of a campfire. Uh, there's wood that has come through that is already shattered to help start the kindling. And as you move to the edge of the forest and begin picking up some sticks, it doesn't take you too long to, to build a little campfire uh, and, and create a small little area of warmth around you. Uh, while Grinna is making the campfire, would you guys, would the rest of you be doing anything else? Uh, Tithla, what would you be doing while this is happening? Could I be searching around for some tracks to see if there's anything leading to or from this other group down the stream or if there's anything or anyone has passed within where we're going to be setting up? Yeah. If anyone's passed through recently. Yeah, absolutely. Could you please roll me a survival check while you're doing oh. that? 
Luther, would you be doing anything while this is going on? Um, yeah, so while um, everyone's sort of going about, sort of setting up camp, I'll do my classic uh, fishing line um, bell, yep. sort of as like a around the AR boundary of our camp, just yep. so we don't get caught, you know, unaware. Yeah, I, I take it that you guys are kind of moving, not in the middle of the open plain, but towards the edge of the tree line to kind of give yourselves a bit of cover from one side, or, or in the middle of the open field. You tell me if I'm wrong. Uh... Honestly, Grin has just started building right where all the shit's debris falling is. through the lift. Okay. All yeah, right, yeah, cool, so then cool. I would probably use debris then to make some markers where I can tie around uh, the, 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 the the fishing line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yep, you do that. Um, Tithla, seven total. That's a natural one plus... Uh, plus is it plus uh, six for you for survival? Oh, you're in your favourite terrain. Uh, it's um, a plus four, but in the in the forest is another terrain. plus two. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so seven total. Yeah, Tithla, there's there's a couple of tracks that you recognize. There's some deer tracks, some wolf tracks around here, but not much else that you can really discern. It's a bit of a, a bit of a mess. Maybe some rabbit tracks as well, but uh, you're not really sure. Um, let's go Theodore. What would you be doing while Gruner builds this fire? Um, probably just milling about, um, seeing if I can notice any animals or plants i recognize you to see how familiar this place is i spent a lot of time in the woods around nostea so just seeing yeah. if this seems to be maybe just a different region i've not been in despite the weird moon sitch or if it's like <laughs> if all yeah. the vegetation is completely foreign to me yeah can you make me a nature or survival check your choice uh, we will be going with guessing survival mm, yeah definitely 100%. Yeah, I, I thought it might be. Why uh, am I rolling? I can give you some pointers if you need. <laughs> Jono, have a think about what you're going to do. I'm going to ask you next. Um, eight. Oh, Theodore, you are rolling shit tonight. Roll 20 is not your friend. Awful. Yeah, I, it's making up for all your good rolls yesterday with, uh, with Tom. Yeah. As you, as you have a bit of a look around, Theodore, the, the plants look familiar. Like, as you look around, you recognize some familiar species of plant. Oak birch but they look a little bit different like unfamiliar strains or, or an unfamiliar variation of it the leaves seem to be darker the branches more gnarled and twisted the roots much more surface level almost reaching out and tangling around one another in fact the whole forest there's this sense of aggressive competition between the plants as if they're all desperately trying to survive um striking out at one another very aggressive plant growth or what you would expect to see. Um, yeah, it does seem very odd. You're definitely getting a sense of unease from the, the plant life. And did I hear any birds or anything, or is it just, like, silence? Yeah, no, you do hear the occasional cry of a, of a nightjar, this sort of loud drooping call. Uh, the sound of crickets as well echoing in the distance. But again, the nightjar, it's this much harsher, almost a flat tone. And the crickets themselves, it's a much more grating, chirping noise rather than that sort of pleasant, calming noise. It's, it's almost grating. You also hear, as you're sort of listening out, this lone wolf cry echo through what seems to be a valley beyond. As you look towards the, the north and to the, the far uh, west, you can see large mountains rising above the landscape and above the forest. Uh, and a wolf howl echoes through the, the pass. Okay. Is the wolf howl in the direction of the campfire we saw? 
Or you suspect it's probably a lot further away than the campfire. The right. way it sort of echoes and, and uh, cries out over the distance seems to be very, very far away. That's no. from the sort a of the south. Wolf Howl, not a not a nearby threatening wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm raising a sense of foreboding. Uh, yeah, it's a dramatic wolf howl, not an yeah, immediate threat. Julie noted. Okay, yeah, I I continue just to monitor the area. Jonor, what would you be doing? Are you helping Grinner with the fire, just clicking it's a light, or what are you up to? <laughs> it was dying quietly. So, he um, is going to be very rattled by the very confronting conversation he was just had. Uh, he just had with Grinner, um, so he's like a little bit more alert. But um, he's going to slump himself up against a piece of uh, large stone or pillar that's pi- like pierced into the ground, and he's just sort of attending to himself, seeing everyone else um, doing other things. He's like, "Oh, I-, I guess I can do something helpful," and he starts to cast um, detect magic to to get a little um, feel for the area yeah brilliant okay nice 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 as you guys go through all of these actions grinner's fire is started and kept somewhat safe and hidden away um you will sort of warm yourselves by the fire uh luther finishes his little zone of bells around using some of the broken sections of building to kind of join on the, the uh the sections of string and bells to give yourself a protective barrier and you sort of sit down and take a, a bit of a moment to pause and rest. It's been about 10, 15 minutes. Jonah, your detect magic goes off and around you, there doesn't seem to be too much magical interference. You can still see, though it is invisible to the rest of them, you can still see where that scar, that tear in space was. There's this very faint fading uh, conjuration magic. In, a, in the shape of almost like scar tissue in the air itself that is fading very, very quickly, almost as if the magic itself is being drained away from this this gap in space that dropped you guys here. And after about sort of two, three minutes of you observing it, it's gone completely. The last vestiges of this magic fade away. He doesn't say anything uh, to, the, to others about that. He keeps that to himself. As that 15 minutes elapses um did you guys want to take a long rest yes brilliant as you guys take a long rest you all may level up to level three Ooh. hell yeah nice <clears throat> uh, i'll take first watch just um just in case he's <laughs> now this is where most of you are picking subclasses so we're going to have a little chat about it because for for some of you, I kind of know how we're going to run it thematically and narrative-wise, how your subclass manifests itself. For others, I don't. So let's start with Grinner, who is already taking first watch. Could you roll me a perception uh, perception check, please, Grinner? And then we're actually going to talk through what your level up looks like as you take a subclass of Barbarian. I can. Uh, perception, did you say? Perception, please. Ooh, not bad. 18 brilliant that's not bad at all um alrighty. and yeah obviously you uh, you can all uh, regain your hit points and uh, and level up as normal now grinner you have chosen to take which subclass of barbarian yeah so i'm gonna go with the one that we were discussing which i can't remember the name of and i'm frantically ancestral looking ancestral guardians i believe that's the one yes yeah. grinner um as you sort of pause and take your watch and reflect you look down expecting the handprint to have faded but if anything it's grown stronger this tiny glowing handprint on your on the back of your hand and as you look at it and reach out and touch it you watch as the ghostly form of thorn appears next to you once again that 
string, that golden light connecting him to you. This time a bit stronger, a bit more solid. Thorn sort of looks down a little bit confused at himself and then back at you. What? what? Mister, where where are we? What the fuck are you doing here? He- Hello, Thorn. Good job back there, mate. Is she, is she all right? Where, where's my mum? Oh yeah, uh, she's all right. She's uh, gone uh, where you should be. What, what are you doing here? I, I don't, I don't know. You, I could feel that you were, you were calling out and that you needed my help. Well, yeah, uh, too fucking right. I did. Where, where's your sister gone? Rose, um, I, I, I don't know. Have, have you tried calling out to her? No. Uh, this is weird, mate. I, I, this is, yep. Yeah. All right, Rose. Hello. <laughs> as you as you call out and begin to call upon her, your second ancestral guardian, which you have just chosen, uh, is Rose. <laughs> as you as you've picked your two ancestral guardians, um, Rose and Thorn. Holy uh, shit. Uh, hello, kids. Yeah, you uh, watch as the the two children sort of stand before you, both still ghostly and apparition-like, still partially transparent, stare at you and Rose goes, Hey, how, how, how are you How are you doing? What, what's, what's what's going on? I, I, how are we here? I thought we were gone. Yeah, it fucks me, love. Uh, your brother touched my hand and left that behind and... Hey, presto, I've got couple of ghost twins following me around holy shit are you here forever i i don't know i, I don't know what this is I, I i don't understand what what happened to the house what happened to to margaret what yeah to... yeah look okay so we did the same thing that we did with you lot that we did to margaret and she um she i think she's having a good old nap right now um your mum uh she's having a nap too um little dirt nap um (laughs) she gives you a bit of a look clearly understanding what that means and then you watch as that golden light begins fading again having been sort of around about three or four rounds 18 seconds the golden light connecting you that thin chain of light begins fading and flickering and you watch as they begin fading and flickering as well oh um i think we can only be here for a little bit when you need us Oh, all right. Um, well, uh, go rest up then, I guess. Uh, maybe I'll see you later. This is fucking bizarre. You watch as Rose just fades out of existence. Thorn sort of takes right. a look, reaches out to sort of like, and then just vanishes as well. Well, uh, they didn't fucking leave. What the fuck is going on? All right. So, um, your your ability, uh, the ancestral guardians. Uh, normally, what works is or normally how it works is you get ancestral protectors. That uh, essentially, when you enter your rage, spectral warriors appear. And when you're raging, the first creature you hit with an your, with an attack on your turn, the warriors begin attacking it instead and getting in the way. And it gives that they the warriors will give this target disadvantage on any attack roll that isn't you. Um, and they will protect anything around you. So any any anything this creature tries to attack that's not you, the spirit warriors will actually reduce its damage and prevent it being able to attack other things. However, uh, you don't have any ancestors to call upon, and your connection with the two two children, Rose and Thorn, means that now they are going to come and you are in trouble. Uh, as you now, yeah, 
you know, call upon rather than ancestral a couple garden. of kids yeah, a couple of kids <laughs> a couple of ghost kids <laughs> i like it I, look, I, I think it's a really cool way to kind of run ancestral guardians in a bit of flavor so i'm, I'm a huge fan um alrighty we know what jonor's um divination wizard does and level three for you i think just gets you some new spells jonor i don't think you get anything super spicy do you racially actually oh. uh, thematically something does so uh this race has um celestial revelation um i think when it becomes irrelevant um i'll then describe it okay brilliant i i like that mystery perfect we'll, we'll touch on that when we get to it tithla i think you get to pick a subclass now do you not yes uh yeah ranger archetype and yeah, yeah. trying to you, uh quickly thinking? read through them all horizon walker uh, might be appropriate given that you've just plane our travels <laughs> it's all about being yes. able to like call upon that energy to teleport around and do some fun things with that i'm a huge fan of horizon walker it's is that what it is i was just yeah. trying to have a bit great and it was like you get to know if there was a portal yep you basically get free misty step as well i think once or twice per short rest that's cool later on maybe that's not at level cool. three i think that steps in a little bit later lame what's the point then and then you also get the ability to do extra damage, uh, force damage, uh, when you attack things using Planar Warrior. As your weapons target them and, and attack different versions of them across the multiverse. Sure. I mean... <laughs> Just for fun. <laughs> Who doesn't like that? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I don't know. The other option was just like Hunter. Because Hunter's, Hunter's also a lot been. of fun. Yeah animal and like forest focused and yeah yeah she's provided for her family the whole time that way and that sort of thing so nice that's awesome no that's brilliant um well let me say, know what you pick oh yeah go general i will what say that during um during the rest during the uh, the long rest we're having uh you know times when under his cloak gold the light is going to sort of like like hum out sort of flash out from underneath his uh his cloak yeah. Um, just periodically, it's going to um, become a little bit bright. Yep. Jonah, I'm just thinking for your portent rolls, now that you've rolled them, would you like to draw two tarot cards to see what they might, might be related to? Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I'll bring you across the tarot deck. Let's do it. Bring the, bring the tarot deck in focus. So it's just going to be two tarot cards, um, so mm. we won't worry about the deck of four in front of us. Um yeah, I will, I will draw two cards for you right now. Our first card is the Executioner. <laughs> for sure. Jonor. Um, is there anything, like, anything topical, like, uh, if anything he's concerned about, or is this more like the vibe that is, is now washed upon him? I'm, I'm thinking these are going to relate to your two portent roles. So the Executioner is going to be related to the 10, and then whatever card I draw next will be related to the 13. How does, how does that sound? Yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah, nice. that sounds good. So as you draw the Executioner, you know there's there's an instance coming up in the future where one of your party will be in a situation on the brink between life and death and that you might be able to prevent it knowing that this is coming knowing when that moment's there you might be able to prevent that as their fate will be in the hands of another you think you know how to intervene and what to say to prevent that fate occurring and that's the 10 and then for the 13 we have the artifact okay this place that you're in this location 
even though your detect magic didn't give you any information in terms of uh, massive latent magic around, you know as, as, a, as a wizard and with your connection to divination, you can feel the presence of several very powerful artifacts within within sort of a few miles of where you are now. This this knowledge that where you are, probably you will find items of power, items of great value, items that might be related to your study of good and evil. And that 13 may help you access an item or a treasure, which you otherwise would not be able to access. Absolutely. Brilliant. Uh, now, who else has taken a level up? Uh, Luther, you get something special at level three. Yes. You get to pick your fighting archetype. Which is being basically preordained <clears throat> from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, take us through anyway. So you're taking uh, taking the gunsmith, I believe it is. Yeah, so uh, the critical role um, gunslinger. Yep. So uh, I'm going to be using some uh, pistols and other such things. Luther. Coming through the portal as you did so, that item, I think it was a, was it a bracelet or a ring that you were given by, Griswold? Um, <coughs> what, what did I give you for Griswold? Oh, it was a token. No, no, it was a little token. Um, that token that Griswold gave you as you were pulled through coin. the portal. Yeah, coin. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. In my mind, I'm like, it's a token. Yeah, coin. As, as you were pulled through that portal, that coin became charged and as you take your long rest and begin sort of flipping it over maybe as you take your watch you can see the coin is still faintly glowing in fact actually Jonor your detect magic would detect a powerful conjuration magic nearby um, on on Luther actually some, something Luther has with him sort of like uh, aura emanating out of Luther's pocket um, let's say you were a bit too polite to say anything right at the time but you're like oh I'll note that away for future and I'll ask him about yeah, that when it's sure. a quiet Perfect. moment. Yeah. Luther, as you, as you take your watch and begin flipping over this coin, you can see that it is still, yeah, still glowing very faintly, and there's almost this, like, vibration to it. And as you sort of begin flicking it over in your fingers and flick it up in the air, as you flick it, the translation of vibration from your thumb to the coin causes it to flick into the air and spin, and it stops spinning in place rapidly in front of you. And then where the... It disappears. As you sort of look around a bit confused, suddenly right where the coin vanished and it was spinning, you hear this and you watch as a pistol, a, a very sort of uh, ornate looking arcane pistol just drops into your lap. I will add to your character sheet, or you can if, you, if you've got your character sheet open, a, um, I think it was a basic pistol, wasn't it? The open the critical role pistol. Yeah, I'll just add the basic pistol. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, cool. As that drops into your drops into your lap, the basic pistol. Uh, yeah, the pistol. Yep, yeah, just the pistol. There it is. I found it. Pistol Alexandria. Uh, what's interesting about it is that as you have a bit of a look, you can see that there is a chamber to load, and then along with the pistol is a pouch, and attached to the pouch is a note, and the note says or bullets that I think you'll ever need. And as you look in and reach in, the pouch seems to be very full. You pull out a few pull out a few of the little bullets, these uh, cast iron ball bearings, basically. The pouch still seems to be fairly full. You pull out a few more, still seems to have a number of, number of bullets still in it. You're not sure how many you've got, but it's a lot. Perfect. 
um, I sort of do a little prayer, um, hoping that Griswold can hear it, even though I probably know he can't. But like a little thanks. As I start sort of um, <clears throat> twirling it, like sort of like, I sort of start like, sort of, you know, sort of inspecting it, checking it out. <clears throat> yep. Um, and then, yeah, I, I sort of, it's not really, it's more nighttime now, so, um, yeah, I would be pretty chuffed about that, and I'll just put it away for now, and I'll, I'll focus on other sort of little things around the camp to help out with. Brilliant. Uh, and is there anyone else who has taken a level up that gets them access to new things as part of their sub? Yes. Yes, Theodore. Well, I mean, <clears throat> after the rage at being pulled through a portal against my will, the rage at not being able to chomp through the throat of Elizabeth myself, and just the general aggression that the forest around me is showing, it's sort of clicks after seeing my dear friend Grinner in combat that rage can be a powerful weapon as I believe I'll be taking my first level into uh, the barbarian ah nice (laughs) yeah yeah Mm. sort of watching Grinner for the past little bit you you, yeah you have seen that rage can be channeled and used and probably in the past where you've tried to control your your anger and rage being able to turn into the creatures now, being able to sort of embrace the form of the Bayonling as well, you find that that form has kind of seeped across into you. Not a rageful creature by nature, but capable of quite ferocious feats when when roused and angry. You yourself can feel that connection, that, that, that anger bubbling beneath the surface. And as you begin to embrace it and tap in, yeah, you take a, a level of barbarian. Absolutely. Do that. <clears throat> Alrighty, I think that's. I have to go into the builder to do that, right? What was that? Sorry, I can't, just do it. I can't have to go into the builder to do that. I can't just do it from the sheet. Yeah, you'll have to go yeah. and add it as a level, as a level. Yeah, gotcha. And I think I think score. I've. Wait, you go. Jacob, please. So yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. say I've worked yeah. out. Yep. I think Tisla was grew pretty attached to the uh, death dog there. Yeah. Um, and is feeling a little bit more separated from her friend. Theo at the moment there's some new people around and there's probably a little bit of jealousy and so I think that loneliness and the loss of that dog she would have conjured in some way draconic spirit and it would take Drake Drake Warden Warden. one of my favorite ranger subclasses Tithla I'm gonna say that one of the items that was in that room was a in in that ritual chamber was a dragon scale and as you're Mm. sort of poking around, looking for some firewood, looking for tracks. You actually stumble across this dragon scale, half embedded into the mud, very small, just a small black dragon scale. And as you pick it up, there's this spark of static that plays across your fingers. And as it does so, you feel suddenly almost like a door unlocking within your mind. Another presence within you. Something else, something just beyond reach. And as you pick up the scale and look at it, it slowly turns into dust. And you feel that, not a voice, but an emotion, a connection within you. There's something there, something that you could conjure, something you could bring into existence if you needed. It's it's always been there, just lying dormant, waiting for the right moment, the right opportunity to start. As you focus, maybe as you take your watch and focus, you summon a very small 
almost like a pug-sized drake initially. <laughs> uh, so let's say cat. Let's say cat for Jacob. That'll make Jacob happy. A cat-sized drake. And as you focus and concentrate, holding your hands out, trying to connect to this thing, suddenly a weight falls into your hands. What does your drake look like? Do you, do you want it to sort of be? Oh, you know, in Ant Man the movie yeah. where Anthony. No, not quite. The, uh, it's a daughter's birthday, yep. and he gives her the the little bunny teddy bear. The horrific. And she goes. Yep. It's so ugly. I love it. Yeah. That's that's it. It is hideous and disgusting, and there's slobber and snarling, and Tithler couldn't be more in love. Okay. Yeah. So so let's say let's say the first time you summon it, it's actually it's got black scales, pointy mm. spikes like these large savage teeth that don't fully close so there's always a bit of slobber and spittle collecting around the mouth and as you as you summon this thing the first time it sort of moves up to you and as you look at it anyone else would be terrified but for tithler you couldn't be happier this is this is it's your baby boy <laughs> and as you grasp it and hold it close and it starts purring the back of its throat this low grumble that you know is a purr not a growl you you feel this thing in your mind, this emotional connection. You can feel its emotions. It can feel yours. It's, it's in a way part of you, in a way separate, but in a way part of you. Nice, because when this thing gets to medium size, which is very soon, you might be able to ride this. So that's you're a small you're a small creature. You're a goblin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's that's very nice, very nice indeed. Brilliant. As Grinner finishes his long rest, who would be taking the next long rest? Not long rest, sorry. Watch. watch. Yeah, why did I say? Oh, as, as you're all taking your long rest, who would be taking the second watch? I'll take second. Brilliant. Theodore, could you roll me a perception check? Grinner, you don't see anything during your perception check. You hear anything. Nothing, nothing comes out of the forest. There's no sounds outside of the ordinary. Um, you don't get any sense that you're in any immediate danger as you finish your sort of two, three-hour watch and pass over to Theodore. Theodore, as you're taking your watch with a 13, uh, Grinner's was an 18, uh, again, the natural sounds of the animals and the plants around you, sort of rustling in the breeze, the animal noises, the crickets, the occasional nightjar, maybe a screech owl occasionally as well. But again, this, this forest feels off. Familiar, yet these strange, very subtle differences that just give you pause and weigh on your mind. The change in tone for the nightjar, the harsher screech of the owl, and the the almost off-key chirping of crickets setting your teeth on edge. And just as you're sort of getting ready to wrap up your watch, you hear the sound of a almost like wood creaking and wheels tumbling over the ground. Almost like a horse-drawn carriage. But you can't hear the sound of any horses. And as you sort of stand up and peek over the edges of the ruined building, the, the, the sections of ruined building that have been pulled through, you can see a black carriage trundling across the grass directly towards where you guys are camped. Not being drawn by any horses, just the two large poles out in front with reins dangling down where horses would be attached, just trundling on the ground towards you. Yeah, I, I, I wake up everyone pretty pretty instantly yeah as my horn out do you, do you horn out do you actually horn out that was also an impressive horn by the way thank you yeah, yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll horn okay <laughs> um the sound of a horn echoes across the <laughs> quiet meadow um through the tree line as well and all of you sort of startle awake and look around 
carriage, which is sort of about 80, 90 feet away from you, begins sort of slowing down a little bit as it trundles a bit closer and then draws to a stop probably about 50 feet away from you. What are you guys doing while this thing comes a little bit closer? Uh, oh, what, what was, what's going on? He stands up, Jonah stands up, all, all rattled black, just looking around. Where's, where's the horn? Sees Theodore with the horn and goes goes over to him. Theodore, um, what's, what's, what's well, happening? It, carriage? Yeah, he then refocuses, wakes up a little bit. <clears throat> oh, shit, there's a carriage. The carriage. Uh, yes, young Jonah, there is a carriage rapidly approaching us. I thought perhaps you'd like to be alerted. Was my horn not satisfactory? I'm very rattled by that. <laughs> yeah, we should um, get into a defensive position then. And he then jumps down behind something. Yeah, after years of military experience, that horn's probably got uh, me like just awake immediately. <laughs> um, I'm going to... Assessing the situation, how far off is the carriage right now? About 50 feet. That's pretty close. So pretty close. Is there yeah. anything rubbly big enough to hide behind? <clears throat> oh, yeah. The sections of the sections of rubble around you are, are partly um, partly broken, but there are sections that would be big enough for you to pick up and hold. So I should say small enough to pick up and hold and, and if need be, throw or batter someone to death. What about to hide behind? To hide behind, there are a few sections of, of wall that are broken through for all of you to hide behind the same section of wall is going to be challenging, but you could spread yourselves out in a small semicircle about 15, 20 feet away from each other behind these low walls. Probably two of you per section. I'm going to duck behind and lie down behind a section of wall to hide and just grab like a big um, shot put sized rock as well while I'm there. Brilliant. Uh, I'm guessing it's the same for all of you or... This is probably going to try and blend into the actual forest itself, but yeah. Okay, absolutely. Do you want to make me a um, stealth check? Everyone who's trying to hide. Yep. I think that's fair. Watch this be extremely low. 21 for Jonor. 21 for Luther. Oh my god. (laughs) 10 for Theodore. 12 for Grinner. The horn. Yeah. <laughs> my legs are just sticking out the back behind the rubble yeah. <laughs> Bruno, your back's not quite as bendy as it used to be and as you go to crouch down you hit and you can't fully like, collapse your back down uh, that's a natural one for Tithla do you get advantage? Jacob, hello no, I just push it twice by accident. Just push it twice by accident. That's a natural one. Um, Tithla, you, as you go to hide behind a bit of rubble, it just drops forward as you press yourself against it, leaving you <laughs> completely exposed as you're just standing there. Um, uh, Grin is sort of next to you, and as he goes, like, Tithla, get down, um, like, stands up to, like, gesture you to get down right next to you. Yep. Hello. Um, hello. Can we <laughs> give you a hand? Perfect. Um, the carriage door opens and you watch as a figure dressed in very fine clothes steps down dark skin pointed ears it looks to be a a dark elf white hair draped down across sorry i should say black hair draped down across his shoulders and a scar across his um, across his forehead i've just put a picture in chat um dressed with an elegant cloak lined with white wolf fur around him uh, that drapes down towards his uh, down towards his feet. Very fine clothing, very nobleman's clothing. And as he steps down and looks over towards you, cocks his head curiously. Ah, 
so it seems I was not mistaken. There was indeed a breach. Tell me, where do you come from? Um, well, where do I you come, come from, from the forest. Um, and yeah, yeah. <sighs> Which plane do you hail from? The the fucking normal one. What's a plane? Material plane. The lands that you call home. Do I have to spell this out anymore? Uh, are you saying we've just traveled planes? I didn't think I could actually do that. Ah, <sighs> oh, dearie me. Clearly some backwater place of lesser magic. Yes, you have had the privilege to enter the plain of Barovia. Let me be the first to welcome you. Welcome. All right. You, can you send very us welcome. back home again? Do we have a fat paycheck to collect? Uh, I'm sorry, a fat paycheck? I don't yes, quite we... understand. It's where we did some really heroic stuff, and because <laughs> we're heroes, they're going to give us lots of money, because we were totally honest and did the job properly. As you say heroes, you watch <clears throat> a small smile plays across his face. Ah, heroes. I imagine you've uh, done some very mighty heroic deeds then to earn the title of hero. Well, oh, I don't yeah. like to brag, but I um, I did jump into the void voluntarily. Saved a couple of kid ghosts once. It was pretty good. You go, Jenna. Yeah, we um, we uh, did dealt with some uh, dangerous a dangerous specter or two. And my good friend Jonah here once tried to buy a child straight from its mother. It was very brave. That was me. You see, you see about that, it wasn't exactly buying. It was more of like a borrowing kind of intent. He holds his hand know, up, just... <laughs> as if cutting you off mid-sentence. Wonderful, wonderful. I think you'll do very nicely. If you could just remember which place you were from. Tell me a city, a continent. Give me something to work with. Can I roll an insight check to see how just sus I am on this dude who's rolled yeah. up out of nowhere in the middle of the night in a magically pulled carriage? Yeah, yeah, give me an insight check. Oh, I would like to shot put him in the head. Would you? Hey, we're back on board! <laughs> Natural 20. Theodore. The way this... The way this dusk elf, this dark elf is looking at you is like how you have seen... Vulture's eye a carcass in the wild. He is looking at you with hunger in his eyes. Not for himself. There's something more here. You Specifically, I was... Yeah? The, the real question I want to know is whether or not it sounds like he's fishing for where we're from for something we really shouldn't tell him. Oh, um, Beyond what you're done, which can yeah, I, I'll, I'll keep going with your natural twenty. Yeah. But that's that's a Sorry. pretty tricky question to answer based on his behaviour. Yeah. So he, he does seem to be very keen on learning where you're from. You're not sure why. You can't discern that, but it is something he's very interested in. He's steered the conversation back towards it twice now, and it, it is definitely something he seems very interested in. And when you weren't giving him answers before, you did see him begin to grow a little bit frustrated. Um, you, you're not sure whether or not... Because whether or not you should share, it's kind of a... That's a your decision to make. 
you're not sure what he wants that information for. He definitely wants it. That hunger in his eyes, he does want it. The way he's looking at you guys, though, it's almost like he has seen something, and there's almost a relief as well. Uh, a hunger and then a relief that appeared when you described yourselves as heroes. He definitely perked up at that. And interestingly, with your natural 20, when you mentioned, Theodore, that Jonor had tried to buy a child, a glint of pure joy crossed across his face just for a <laughs> second before he pulled it back under control. The way this man presents himself, very controlled, very hard to read. You think that this sudden... Oh, he's gone. He'll be back. Um, I'll give him I'll give him a second before I go too much deeper. Um, well, we'll tell you what, while Theodore's... Because while Theodore's doing this insight check and studying his face, what would the rest of you guys be saying? Uh, who who are you coming up here in the middle of fucking nowhere night time oh brilliant alright I'll finish Haz's description I'll that question. no that's all good that's all good um, what was I saying sorry Haz what was the last thing you heard me say um, glint of pure joy when yes. I said Jonah wants to buy children yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's very carefully disguised and disappeared very quickly the only reason you glimpsed this was this sudden moment of pure clarity the natural 20 um <clears throat> This man is normally very composed, very controlled. Clearly from the looks of him, he spends a lot of time keeping his emotions in check. You get the sense that this man is very, a, a very set and controlled affect. He wears a very careful mask that he controls absolutely. And very rarely would people get to see what he's really thinking or really feeling. But for a moment, you caught a glimpse of pure joy as Jonor, as it was revealed Jonor had tried to buy a child <laughs> um, as Grinner calls out and asks what did you ask Grinner who are you then basically yeah pretty much <laughs> apologies where are my manners you may call me Rahadan I am the butler to Lord Strahd uh oh Lord Strad von Zarevich, ruler of Barovia. Is is that Lord is a weird first name? It is his title, young child, not his name. His name is Strad von Zarevich. So we're, oh. we're in his country? You are indeed in his country. Right, so can we leave his country, please? You can certainly try. Although most who find themselves entering the mists bordering Barovia lose themselves entirely. You see, Barovia is currently in a small... I wonder if you will understand this concept given that you were so surprised by planar travel. Suffice it to say, you will struggle to find yourselves able to leave. For the time being. Like, we can. Like, you said some people do. So, like, which road did those people take? And we'll just go on that road. He smiles broadly. All roads lead back to Castle Ravenloft eventually. Where's that? Ah. Well, we can just take any road and we'll get there. Indeed. Come on, Grinner. Simply follow any road. From here, you must simply travel west. You can't miss it. Is that where you're... Uh, no, you go. You go, Jodor. What the fuck are you talking about? 
You, um, you mentioned uh, we may not understand. I'm a bit of a wizard myself. I've uh, studied a few books and a bit of magic uh, to entertain me. What make me a persuasion, make me persuasion check, Jonah. <laughs> Don't get the sense he's got high opinions of your uh, abilities. <laughs> Four. No, I'd rather save my breath for a more worthy task. So hold on. I click my fingers with light. Wow, I'm so impressed. So you, that, you look after uh, old mate Lordy Pets, and he lives in this castle? Indeed, I attend to the affairs of the master. Keep the peace, as it were, and ensure that his interests are upheld within his dominion. And right, for so some reason, he does not want us to leave his country, even though we did not want to be here, and... Well, I mean, yeah. at least Tithler here would like to cause massive amounts of trouble, so you should just let us leave. Yeah, but it's like kind of cute trouble. <laughs> like, it's the kind of trouble where you go, Oh, Tithler, not see, again. You see what I mean? If the decision were mine, I would still have you stay. See, I have need of you. You'll be perfect for my desires. I'm not going to lie, that sounds creepy as shit. Good. You should be worried. I didn't say worried, I said creepy. It just came across a bit, um... Sex pesty. <laughs> Take the road west. Feel free to come visit the castle whenever you want. My master will be keen to hear of your arrival. Before I go... Please... And he looks towards you, Theodore. I do suggest you tell me where you're from. Did you make me a wisdom saving throw as he casts suggestion? Oh. On the fey creature, can you be charmed to do that? I have saving throws against it. Yep. I saw a bandage on it, uh, which I desperately needed. Eight for the first <laughs> roll. Nineteen for the second. I think he might just pass. Uh... Yes, you do just pass. Um, as you as you throw off this... Would I have detected that he did that to my head? You you get the sense that there's some magic there. You're not sure what it was. As, as you feel this effect and as he says, I suggest you tell me where you're from. You, for a moment, you feel like you want to tell him. And then you're like, I, I don't know if I really do, though. And you're like, oh, I don't know. And, Would... and it's, it's up to you whether or not you want to tell him. But for a moment, you kind of feel like you do. Would Theodore have known of any other planes beyond this and the, like the Feywild? Uh, not really. Planar travel is not really yeah. something that happens very much on Mostea. In fact, it's only recently that the Feywild has been able to really open up and connect with Nostea fairly recently, following the, the events of the uh, the Well of Dragons and the uh, the opening of the portal in, in Palin, which hasn't happened yet in Tyranny of Dragons, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. Um, so your experience <laughs> with planar travel is fairly limited, limited. Yeah. well my, my dear friend I, I guess there's no harm in telling you we are all from the fey wilds uh, all of us all, all magical fey creatures make me a deception no, sorry check. um remember that's where you're from I'm not you came I'm gonna visit kick us. Tithla shut up remember we you were from there originally you just left and then spent you just don't remember because you were a baby when you were in the fey wilds lots oh. of books on the head yeah, like I'll I give you remember now. 
Deception, right. oh. Deception check, please, Theodore. With advantage, because we're no. helping. No. Disadvantage. <laughs> I was tempted to give you disadvantage. Rahadan cocks his head and raises an eyebrow as he looks at you. Fine. I think it'll be a fun mystery to solve regardless. Please, enjoy your stay in Barovia. Explore. Have a look around. When my master's ready to see you, I'll return with an invitation. But until then, enjoy the master's kingdom. Though you have come uninvited, Lord Strad von Zarevich graciously opens his lands for you to explore. Enjoy. And I'll be seeing you so soon. With that, Rahadam bows very deeply and begins walking back to his carriage. The Lord that runs the kingdom. What a fucking idiot. He's got it all wrong. Well, my friends, I think we can safely say we do not trust that weird gentleman. No, we don't trust the weird gentleman with the fucking creepy dark everything and the no horses. And what I presume is in order to stay away from schools at all times? It would be safe to imagine. Raden gets back in the carriage, the door closes, and the carriage slowly begins turning and heading back towards the west. Yes, let's never tell him anything about ourselves. I feel like he was all too interested in who we are and what we've, we've done. I noticed when I mentioned Jonah likes to buy children that um, he got very happy about this. And look, honestly, if anyone's happy about that, then I feel like... No. There might be a problem there. But... Also, anyone who's got the name Lord Strand von Zurichy is is no good guy. That's not a good name. It's pretty fucking stupid, isn't it? Yeah, I couldn't even remember it. Hey, what's he doing? He he's runs a kingdom, yeah? A kingdom. And he's a lord. He's got it all fucking wrong. And it should be a lorddom? I, I don't fucking know. I'm not that bright, but I know it's not. He should be a fucking king if he's running a kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. He should be a king, and he should have a, a, a table where he consults. Um, maybe that's one of his right hand men, or maybe it's his uh, agent of spies, uh, perhaps. I don't know. Or maybe I just hope that everyone's not like that dickhead butler in this place. Um, so I know choice. I'm normally a trustful person, but what what if that was all a lie? What if we are just like the next town over? Well, we could try that. I mean, if you look what? over that way, I don't think I mentioned it earlier. We probably can't see it because it's so dark now, but there's it a whole bunch outside. of uh, mist just over there. If you look. But there was mist back where we were. So that leads support to my thought that maybe we just shifted like 200 feet to the right yeah there is no moon we have sands one moon maybe it hasn't come up yet maybe it's just sleeping it is night time (laughs) i think i think phoebe and the other one often pop pop pretty pretty consistently and rachel phoebe and rachel yes phoebe and melody and they're also they're also not white Um, phoebe is a sort of a light red color melody a light blue color very dramatic you know, the only thing that I really know right now is that I'm still in a lot of pain and need to sleep. Maybe we could uh, reassess all of this ridiculous bullshit in the morning. 
There was a, um, a fair bit of strong conjuration magic in the um, the crack in the time and space where we all jumped through, so I have a feeling we did come from somewhere that's likely a teleportation, seeing the magic just floating there before. Like my idea that we just like we just need to walk over that way and we'll find the house that we were in. We can find my pet dog. That house was a shithole, even though I own it. It, it really I'm going should. to sell that shit as soon as I can. How, how much do you reckon we'll get for it? Probably less than the 5,000 gold we were promised. Okay. But it's Probably an investment place, right? Like, uh, it's, it's actually maybe... dropped in currency. You actually owe whoever buys it off you 5,000 <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it on Airbnb. <laughs> Alrighty, well, on that note, I think we might wrap up there as you guys finish your long rests and level ups and we'll come back next Monday as the, the new dawn breaks over the land of Barovia and our five heroes, in quotation marks, face a new challenge, exploring the lands of Barovia. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everybody, for Curse of Strahd. That wraps up the introductory module, Durst Manor. And we are now fully thrown into the Curse of Strahd module, plus some fun little extras which I've homebrewed in because I can't help myself. Um, I have a problem. So <laughs> thank you so much, everybody. We will see you all for Tyranny of Dragons this Wednesday and then Curse of Strahd next Monday. Saturday morning, more Pokemon. And if you're listening to this recorded and you want to check out some Pokemon every single day, new episode will be dropping on YouTube. So if you've enjoyed it, thumbs up, like, subscribe, stars, happy things push buttons that make things happen you know how it goes you know the drill until next time everybody stay safe stay well see you all again soon goodbye everybody bye bye, bye. see you guys